Before we start today's episode, I want to talk about today's sponsor, as always, Gorilla Graphics Design Agency. We Our video that we just put out, The Tinder Gang, uh, besides being nominated for a student film, it's killing it on, U- um, on Facebook and YouTube. It has hundreds of views coming in. This is the best comp- one of the best companies that you can hit up in the state, period. Having personally collaborated several times, they I can tell you, they know their shit. When we were in that, you know, that shooting environment, uh, the crew, they, they knew what was going on. So I love these guys. Please hit them up. Head over to GorillaGraphics.com, www.g-u-e-r-r-i-l-l-a-g-r-f-x.com for all your design needs today. Hey, guys. I want to talk with you about a very special local event, the return of the Hip Hop Showcase, hosted by Lolo Savage and Dirt Nasty Beats. If you're in the Des Moines area and are hungry for some local up-and-coming hip-hop and rap music, this is the number one spot in the city to come see it. This is even also being hosted by none other than our friends at Starbucks Productions, along with our friend Jackson Brown at Iowa Underground. It's only a $10 entry fee, and it's happening at your private bar, located at 1701 25th Street in West Des Moines, Iowa. That's 1701 25th Street. It's going to be a fun time. You'll get a chance to meet several former podcast guests. You may even see yours truly. Some around the crowd, four IPAs deep, dancing along with everyone else. It's going to be a blast. Check out Iowa Hip Hop Showcase's Facebook page for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Stars podcast. Um, long wait episode. Bob's, mm-hmm. Aubrey Barnes. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing really good, man. I can't complain. It's it's nice out. I don't see much snow anymore. So yeah. Good. Well, I felt I, I've been telling you I am in the middle of like a family wedding type of thing for my sister, yeah. and uh, my sister's actually allergic to the cold. Believe it or not. She's what? She's allergic to the cold. Really? Oh shit. Yeah. So, um, really unfortunate for her to be in town this weekend when there's like fucking snow in April. Seriously, <laughs> you know it's I mean? crazy. I've never heard of like an allergy to snow, so that's that's interesting. Well, to, yeah, to the cold, like any kind of cold. Oh, just any kind of cold. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, like, like we would go to uh, um, like at the lake and stuff um, in the summer, and like we had to like make sure that she would not go in the water. Cause like if she fell off the dock, like she could like go into anaphylactic. The theory was she can go into anaphylactic shock. Mm, yeah, I wow. I'm I'm not sure, but I feel like as she's gotten older, it's gotten a little better. Mm. I think it was a lot worse when she was younger, but uh, I wow. mean I won't speak for her. Yeah, but <laughs> that's interesting. Wow. Yeah, I tell people and they don't believe me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah it's a it's a legitimate thing. No, that's like interesting. I was just never. I mean, I'm telling you, like it's little things like that that like always like provoke me to write little things it's like man that's a that's a little that could be a dope metaphor at some point <laughs> i feel like i'm always thinking of like art when i like hear about stuff like that like a word that's dope yeah i mean like i'm actually gonna look at the name of it and all that after this for sure <laughs> well shit man uh I, i'm really glad that you're here yeah, uh man, we just too. got done playing a chess game yeah that's and intense. i uh this will be exclusively on the patreon for those who want to watch mm-hmm. um but uh i went in hot and cocky yeah. Um, <laughs> giving you giving you the first event you know the advantage letting you go first you know yeah yeah uh and i had you for a little bit i i but one pawn 
fucked it all up and this man ended up being yeah. me. So man, how to be focused for that. Uh if you want to see me go through uh a lot of different <laughs> ranging moody emotions from like cocky and then I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> kill me now. <laughs> if you want to go see that, I want to see this man kick my ass. Uh go to Patreon. Go to Patreon. That. Yeah. Well, not kick my ass. It was a close game. Yeah, no, that shit was close. That's why I'm saying it, it was a close game. It was good. That was a fun-ass yeah. game. Chess is always about wits. And also, the most impressive thing that you mentioned is that you just learned, what, a year and a half ago, you said? Yeah, yeah. one of my students taught me how to play it. Because like, we had a chess board in the classroom I was in. I was like, okay, well, I don't know how to play this. And like, you say it's your favorite game. So we ended up playing. He was kind of showing me the ropes, the rules. And like, I'd go home and like, look up shit, too. Like, just a little strategy and stuff like that. So... Ever since then, like, I think I always just made it a practice. I played with my students, like, at least three times a day. So, like, I still have that practice stuff like that. But now now I play with homies. I got a homie that I play with every Sunday and stuff like that. So, I feel like it's it's been for, like, a year and a half. But it's just, like, I've, I've been, like, really kind of in it. And I think just being somebody who thinks about, like, shit like that, it kind of just made it, like, click, you know. Yeah, yeah. You ever do RPG type of stuff? Like, board games or video games or anything like that? Oh, yeah, I used to for sure. Like, I, I man, RPG games were like, no, that's that that was like my my lane for sure. Like, you're talking like final like games like Final Fantasy. I never got into that personally, but I've um, heard those are fun. Final Fantasy was like one of my first like role playing games that I really got into. That really got me into role playing games. It was more so for that because like it was just so like I don't know what it is with like role playing games, but they always have the most like interesting stories. I don't know. Like it feels like they're always like more interesting with like. The storylines. Maybe I'm just specifically thinking like uh, Final Fantasy because like the first, the first one ever, the first, the first role playing game I ever played was uh, Final Fantasy X. One of the best, like ones in my opinion. You know, I, I should say that Seven was good too, but Seven <laughs> was just like which one? Uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Oh no! Oh, just number seven. I yeah, see, that I one's see. very like I've heard monumental to the Final Fantasy like franchise and all that. I've known other people who are really into it, and they've always cited that number seven is like. <clears throat> mm-hmm. the top one no it's a really good one yeah but that was like the first like it's it's just the the storylines of the like final fantasies because it's always like they're never the same like a final fantasy one game may have a different bunch of characters different plot different thing final fantasy 2 same thing like different plot different characters and all that so like because you have all these different like games that are not the same but they're same they're, like their role-playing aspects like you get all these like different stories that are really deep like stories about just like life and shit and i feel like it's i feel like anime i should say anime but anime too i guess that was like Freudian slip but i feel like final fantasy really got me into like man like like it made me have feelings just like games can make you have feelings and shit like i thought it was just murder a bunch of people and just do shit but no and just like the strategizing behind it was like super dope too that's tight that's tight but yeah final yeah i was a big role-playing game You, you ever played the game uh to the moon or hear of it no i don't remember that one so it's the only game i've ever cried playing it's a Mm. it's a game about uh an old man who has like dementia and he's like trying to he wants his it's this technology where he wants his memory erased um molly what is it again what the game to the moon like what's the plot do you remember was it what exactly is the plot like what are they trying to go back to no idea sorry i mean yeah i think that's what it is Hmm. yeah damn this is a game yeah, this is a and so it, it's like a two D like pixelated like. It's one of those little like JRPG games. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's crazy, man! I've never heard of that. That's yeah. shit. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's like five bucks on Steam or something. So yeah. I highly recommend anybody play it. But like, yeah, man, I get what you're saying. I I remember like when I was uh, I <laughs> this is kind of deja vu because I was just talking about this a couple episodes. But like, 
um, ago. But I, I remember uh, telling my mom, like, when I was younger, like, showing her, like, the Halo uh, music. You know, because oh, it's like yeah. this, you know, I don't know if you've ever played those games. They're, I know they're, they're very, like, a kind of like or, like they're very kind of like they have like orchestra kind of scores yep. and all that yeah no doubt about them yeah I'm kind of a passive fan yeah so i know that for sure yeah yeah well just super for a video game especially i think probably get groundbreaking for like you know music like i feel like mm. it was always like done you know mostly up until that point like in the game engine like really limited type of sounds and like kind of like computer corny yeah and that like really like redef- at least as far as i know like redefine that like epic kind of thing yeah so i remember showing my mom that and she was like this is a video game i'm like yeah this is like mm-hmm. you know because i think that generation always thinks of them as like the little yeah you know yeah I mean? just yeah just like the little robotic like sounds and all that yeah no i never thought about that like what again like it's i think i've been a passive fan of halo but just even think about how like it's because like, they like they they like they had live orchestras play music specifically for that mm-hmm. game right yeah, that's super yeah. Dope. Like I never really thought about that—that that they actually use like real music for that. That is super dope. Yeah, I think they would do concerts actually, where they would have people play Halo, and they would have like the orchestra playing along to it. What? I I could be full of shit on that, but I feel like they did that at some point. That's hella crazy. They're, if they yeah. haven't, they should. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they just had somebody like. Like there's like an audience attendance watching this person play a video game as like workers <laughs> playing around them. It's kind of dope. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> that dude got played like got paid to like just have people watch him play Halo. Yeah, like the beauty of capitalism, around. man. Right? <laughs> we were just talking about that. It's like you could literally make money doing anything. Like, farting so in a jar, playing. <laughs> farting in a jar, which is a real thing. Like, which is weird and nasty. We talked about that shit. More on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, people buy that. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back, back to capitalism. Yeah, capitalism. Right. Give us some capitalism, man. Right. <laughs> you want to keep seeing this shit? We do this twice a week, motherfuckers. It's like, yeah, you out there buying farts in jars. It's like, if you can you, pay for, you know who you are. If you can pay for a fart in a jar, you can right. pay four dollars a month to see for some extra shit for exactly. a podcast. That's like, <clears throat> what? Almost what Hulu costs the sixty percent of what Hulu you costs or something like that. Rent for a fart in a <laughs> jar. We're talking four dollars. Shit. Paying three hundred dollars for jars. <laughs> it's a crazy thing. Like I said, man, that's that's the stuff that gives me motivation, man. Like, man, like literally, you can make money doing anything. Like, if I wanted to, like, if I was, let's say that I was Alicia Keys and I wanted to like yell in this bottle of water and put a top on it and sell it for a thousand dollars, somebody's buying that shit. I bet you somebody because people are just that i hate to say it but people are just that stupid like it's just like so there's like oh we're gonna buy this uh the spring water bottle with elite that alicia keys screamed in and put a top on <laughs> it might give a singing ability some or just some psycho just super like who has obsessive like who's obsessed with alicia keys like somebody would buy that with, with millions of people on the earth like somebody would buy that for a thousand dollars and it's just like well, that's like wow like you can literally make money off anything like <laughs> so with good ideas that we have it's again this is why that's about saying that you guys need to need to uh purchase the the four dollars a month ah! if you purchase a water bottle with alicia key's voice in it voice you can spend four dollars a month yeah because this podcast is more valuable than that right objectively <laughs> uh, right <laughs> <laughs> We're not that valuable, but come on, man. Give me a break. (laughs) 
money can be made any type of way. Uh, Obs, you just put out a new project, uh, Politic in, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't think we actually got a chance. Um, have we gotten a chance to talk about your other two projects? The the one. No, we. Haven't, I don't think no. we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's weird. I actually, I keep listening back on that album and like rediscovering other songs. Like, uh, I rediscovered the song "Feelings." I've been like bumping that one. Just oh, like, you like that dun, one? Dun, 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 you know. Yeah, you know what's funny? That beat was like made in like twenty minutes by one of my friends. Cause, like, <laughs> really. Because I was like, man, I want a beat that sounds like this. And it's probably like a producer's like nightmare. And people ask, it's like, I want something that sounds like this. And they listen to it. And then he just made his own thing in 20 minutes. Like, I don't know if this fits. Like, no, that fits. Especially with, like, the ending of the album. It's like it's like the closing of church or some shit. Church where you can cuss in. Say the N-word and shit. Oh, shit. But, yeah, that was made quick. But, yeah, we never talked. I think we talked about in and out of it, I think, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we talked about and this is where we die. Well, I don't, I don't think I know very many other artists um, that have come through on the podcast that are putting out as much shit as you. I mean, f- yeah. three projects since you've last been on which has been less than a year yeah i think you know, i think i was in the quads when were, molly do you remember when we were in the quad cities last no idea <laughs> i'm putting you on the spot i'm sorry right. <laughs> well it's like fuck off i just woke it up to, it had to be in like <laughs> august or september because i was still working in the schools and shit it had to have been august or september because i, I august yeah, okay it was either august so yeah september. like fuck seven months or something like that yeah yep god damn dude it's crazy because like i never think about like how much i put out like even as i was having a conversation with my buddies i came up here with but like i was telling him like how much projects i put out and i guess i just never think about like how much i have out because i'm just always like i put something out that i'm already working on other thing but like when yeah. i work on this other thing i already have an idea for the other thing you know but i never really like pay attention to like yeah you actually have put out like at least one or two projects like a year for the last what four or five years i just never think about it because i'm just my brain's always creating but yeah we got yeah. a lot of stuff out there yeah man conceptual always yeah so tell me about each of those like i in terms of like what um went into it and like what like what's what's the difference in those albums uh which ones uh between and this is where i we guess died. any of them like because you had so yeah you the one the white cover with the in it not of it mm-hmm. that's in, that or was, no not in it, in it of it the uh too no, one of the ones you just put out. Well, it, it was the, what was that? Sorry, it, it has a black and white cover. Yeah, and it's like the pick. It has like the frame, and it's like the circle. Molly, oh, do you and want this pull- is where we die. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. one, and this is where we die. It had, and like, Ratchet Circus. Oh yeah, I forget about that. One. So okay, so you did that one. You did Ratchet Circus, and then you just put out Politic. Yeah. Yeah. So so like, what's the difference between those three projects? Um, I would say from like a a sound perspective, like politic and it's just like strictly kind of just spoken word stuff for me just like i noticed that yep. spoken word you know because i'm wanting to do that more this year as opposed to like putting out rap because i wanted to kind of just like see how experimentative i can get with like spoken word because like it's an art where you can be super experimentative you know and i feel like i always have all these ideas that like i kind of hold myself back from so politic was kind of like the introduction to what i'm wanting to do for this uh year and all that um so that's how it's different from uh and this is where we die in ratchet circus um but at, but and this is where we die in Ratchet Circus are so different because like even to kind of take back what I said I kind of digress because um, Ratchet Circus was kind of like there was a concept to it but it was still kind of just free flowing like I was just I putting see. shit on there that like kind of like a mixtape type of deal mm-hmm, exactly okay. it came from an idea but it was like it was a, a like a a followed concept like my my work usually is where and this is where we die was more so that one's like an important piece of art to me because like that one just like I think like sound wise just writing wise and like kind of things i experimented was with like it just made it like a good piece but um that one's more conceptual than um 
then Ratchet Circus, and really politic. And I mean, like politic has a concept of just like, just that, just kind of like chopping it, like writing poetry about like think like things that I've kind of talked about with friends, like from a social political standpoint, which mm-hmm. is why it's called politicking. You know, just like yeah. stuff we've chopped it up about. So that's kind of the concept there, but it, ha- it doesn't really have a story where like, and this is where we die kind of has a story to it. You know. Okay. So that's how those ones are different for sure. Okay. Well, I love that album. This is where we die. Um, I think probably my favorite track is nihilism. Oh yeah. Just because yeah. I, I'm kind of a pseudo nihilist myself, yeah, yep. you uh-huh. know? So like I, I kind of, it, it is, it's like a criticism on the institution essentially from what yeah. I'd gathered. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And yeah, I loved it, man. Yeah. It was, it, it, I wanted it to be both that and kind of like this kind of like inward journey to my process, I guess how I was processing stuff. Cause like, and this is where we die. Like that concept came from like when I was going to counseling and shit. Um, back in 2020 and like kind of going through like this whole like just like everybody i should say just like everybody but like for most people like having being like kind of being comfortable with like sitting by myself in this isolation period being on zoom teaching Mm. and all that have more introvert time but like having all this craziness go on like socially and all that and like where i kind of took my brain and stuff like that um so i was written in that kind of time but like because all that shit like i went to counseling and all that you know um but um, like in the counseling, while like while I was in counseling, I was reading books from like um, Thich Nhat Hanh, who's like a Buddhist teacher. I was reading books by um, I was reading The Alchemist. I don't mm. know if you read that book, but it's no. a badass book. It's super fucking good. Um, and I was reading A New Earth by like Eckhart Tolle, and like it was kind of this very like mental, emotional, spiritual shit. I was kind of going through my mind, you know, and like as I was kind of processing it, like through all these three things, like I was kind of learning about myself. Like man, like I can like. At the, inevitably I'm gonna die here like as like we're all gonna die as humans just like that you know but like there's kind of a choice in like how we can die you know like you can either die like against your will like being mad at shit being offended by shit <laughs> like getting so overly involved with shit where like you just go mentally crazy and like and all that shit um uh what you kind of see that I feel like that's where a lot of kind of like our, the politics that like, we kind of saw happening in 2020 was that like people just like being so involved with this like idea that like they became these activists who were just always tired angry like overly angry and all that because like they didn't really like give themselves time to rest and shit like that but um yeah you can die like you can die against your will or like die in this place of like where i've kind of been trying to process of just like by your will in the sense of just like accepting the shit that's like hap- not accepting it in the sense of like oh well that's okay but like not being overly involved with shit like for me I say it like this, like when it comes to like the, the, the ism of racism, which kind of like nihilism kind of speaks to a little bit, that shit is not going to end. Like, you know, in our best efforts, we're not going to end this shit because like we're, we've been in this shit for, for years. Like, <laughs> Forever. That's yeah. when, if, the, if, if people got egos, there's always going to be racism, like in some kind of sense, whether it's like anything, you know, it's going to be a thing, you know, for, if it ends, I don't see it happening for thousands and thousands of years. So we're all just like died out with our old fucking ideas and shit. But with that yeah. said, like, what that kind of puts me in the place of is like, man, I can either be angry about this and like ignore it and live in this fantasy world where like everything's going to change, 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 which doesn't mean you shouldn't stop doing that. But it kind of means that I hold a sense of realism, understanding like the shit that I do, like it's impactful for like right now in this space right now. Is it going to be impactful for the grand scheme of things of stopping racism? Hell fucking no. I don't think so. Like, but it doesn't mean that like it's, I'm just being a realist in that sense. It doesn't yeah. mean that I don't have a sense of like optimism and hope, but like if anything, I'm a lot more focused than that because I'm like, okay, I'm going to focus on things that I can change because I've accepted the shit that I, I died by my will, died to this idea of like, like not suffer, like suffering, like suffering 
unnecessarily, you know, and just be yeah. like, you know what, like I'm gonna exactly. accept this happens. I'm gonna accept that, like, <laughs> homie. Uh, I don't know who it was. There was like a politician that my aunt sent me like uh, a couple weeks, a couple days ago. This politician who like straight up said in their like political run, I gotta look up his name actually. Now I think about it, but he said uh, he straight up said like, "Do you hate Mexicans?" He straight <laughs> up said it. Like, and I gotta accept like, there's people out here who do this. Like, I could be angry about it and like bring myself a sense of lack of peace, anger, wanted to try to cancel this guy on Twitter and shit like that. But that's a waste of time, you know. It's just like if I learn to just accept the shit, you know. Yeah. So that's what that's what and this is where we die is like it's just kind of like really kind of unfolding that kind of like narrative one that looks like and like how like I had nihilism here I went through uh, kind of like self-conflicting ideas here like maybe I should be more violent like everybody's being and like it kind of shows how I progressively move through that idea of just like in this where we die you know so. yeah man uh, you know and that's what I love about you as a creator is yeah. like I, I was just kind of thinking about this watching Atlanta before <clears throat> like there's a there's a big def- and when it comes to like black media there's a difference between like black media made by black people and black media made by white people mm-hmm. like made white by white people for white people yeah yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. like uh i was having this conversation with uh young careers and we kind of talked about this like that like understanding where the money's coming from yeah you know um i, I I don't know. What are your thoughts on like people kind of say that there's like kind of like a blackwash in the media or like kind of like a gay wash. Like there seems to be kind of like a um, target. Um, I don't know. This might be, this is obviously my perspective. Oh, no, do it. No. But uh, there seems to be like a target against like the straight white male. Um, like, I don't know if you like go on Hulu and you watch all the ads, mm-hmm. like it's hard to find a straight white male. And I'm not saying that they're like I'm offended by that. There's anything wrong with that, but it does kind of like it's you're not doing it correctly. You yeah. know, the people who are running everything are still the same people. Yeah. It's obvious. It's like so like painstakingly obvious that they're just like filling these people and they're tokenizing people. Oh yeah, for the you sake know what of I capital, mean. For the sake of capital, you know exactly. Like that's what. Um, uh, Malcolm X talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know, he talked about like the dangers of liberals, like how they will yeah. use black people as tokenism. Yeah, you know, no, it's super true. I mean, I can I can even speak to like just my personal narrative of like why I kind of choose to like move the way I do, like with what I do art wise. Like I'm very like when like I, I would say from 2020 up to this present moment, like what it kind of taught me was to be very mindful about like places that reach out to me for one like interviews or certain places wanting me at their venues to. uh work for them, like, these all-white establishments and all that. And, like, when I say white, it's more so, like, I'm talking about an idea than a person, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's why I liked about uh, – we we were going to talk about those two Atlanta. Um, I mean, yeah, that's – I think man. they mentioned that in that yeah. first – like, the the Yeah, with the conversation with them on the boat. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That, and that's why I love it so much because I'm like, man, like, I've thought about this for, for months. Yeah. Like, the fact that Donald Glover is there and, like, he did the way he did is, like, that's super dope. Like, yeah. that's my whole thing. Like, it's more so an idea than, like, the actual person. Like, that's why you have, like – white people over here who kind of like get it and all that are cool because they don't abide by the idea that's exactly. kind of created of whiteness you know there's black folks who, who abide by the idea of whiteness you know They're yeah Clayton bigsby's and shit <laughs> yeah you know exactly. you know the, you know who that's referencing right the which one Clayton bigsby from a day you know the day Chappelle show when he played the uh black white supremacist 
his name is. Yeah, Clay I did Big see. Big. I have seen. I haven't watched all of it, but I've seen a couple of clips. That shit's pretty funny. Yeah, but like that's, but that's real, you know. Like it's no, it's not like that extreme. Like from what I have seen, I'll say that because it might, it could be out there for sure. But oh, there, there, there's some, uh, there's some black guy out there. Is like totally with it, you know. He's like yeah. hiding in a clan. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> you know what. There's one. There's That's gotta be one. It comes up like, what's the point? Like, I'm not even gonna try to convince you. I know whatever I say is not gonna convince you that like this is kind of weird. Like, there's some poor you fucker. Understand, brother? It's like, don't ever call me that. <laughs> there's some poor fucker on an island who's just like he has he has no idea what any history of black people, and he's just like, yeah, <laughs> fucking Ku Klux Klan. And they're just letting it happen again because, like, that makes them look better. But, like, all to go around, yeah, like, yep, it's exactly. like the, it's the irony or the contradiction. It's like, oh, we're going to have this brother over here because he, once we have a black KKK member, it's going to show black folks that we are we yeah. are white and we're all right. Like, that's just, you know. But I think the thing about it is, like, so it's kind of taught me to kind of be mindful of, like, who I work with. Because, like, I've, one thing that, like, one thing that I, 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 I noticed most when, with, with 2020 was um the volume of people that reached out to me for uh for doing certain things like like very like white establishments uh mm. and all that who wanted me to like come to their news channels and do like a monthly like black lives matter conversation talk on their platforms like really big platforms have thousands of followers and i said hell no like because i know what you're wanting to do like i'm not gonna have a real conversation there you guys are gonna talk about some surface shit just to look good possibly get some grants which is not gonna go to the black community you yeah gonna, right you guys right to yourselves like <laughs> fuck you like i said it fuck you like yeah. i see what you're doing like i'm not stupid we ain't stupid but no it really is a thing man that's why like i'm very mindful and like with what i do art wise like i don't really do a lot of shit and Iowa City, and like not to like knock Iowa City, because like they're on some really dope poetry <laughs> yeah. shit. I want to say it because like my homie Caleb Rainey's from out there. Uh, I know a lot of good people out there, but again, it's just like one of those things. Like it's just my observations and stuff. But like I feel like there is kind of a tokenizing of like black art, because just like yeah, it's, it's not because like it's. I feel like when you go out there as a creative, it's not because of like you're creative talent, but just because you're black and you happen to be creative. You know, like I just don't like those spaces. Like I like to go to places where like I know that like. I'm looked at as just I, I like to affiliate with spaces that like are most sort of like that they, they they don't they don't care about the capital behind it they're they're like yo like because there's some places too that I, that I've worked with uh, QC Arts is actually a really dope spot actually the QC Arts I gotta really like give them like kind of praise like I'm grateful for just like working with them but like because I worked on a project my Obviousness two project you know yeah yeah I, project. I, I think I told you about this you before, did tell me about that yeah but like how like uh, did they, um, did they give you the money for that project. Yeah, I got okay, a grant through that project, okay. you know. But like yeah. with them kind of like working with me, like having me teach their workshops and stuff like that, knowing like who I am and how like that could like offend their like white conservative grant givers and all that, they're still like, you know what, fuck it, we still gonna work with you, like you gonna teach and all this, like that's dope. You, you can tell you can tell when people are doing it from a genuine place where they just wanna work with you and not thinking about capital because they don't you know what, like it's they don't make capital off me, you know, but there are places that like the place that I um the place that my uh, open mic was at last, uh, that just re- that I had actually last night. Um, it recently was, it, it was just a few months ago. It was at a coffee shop called the Iron and Grain Coffee House. It's in mm-hmm. Davenport, right? So um, we had our open mic there for three months. And how that hap- went about was that um, one of the owners, I guess, um, reached out to me through email and asked if they could, if I could uh, meet them on Zoom and kind of like talk about starting an open mic at their. Mm-hmm. Uh, at their establishment and like off bat had the interview with them and stuff like that and I was like yo like we'll start it like we won't even charge you 
for the first one. We're just going to have it because, like, community needs this shit right now, you know? So we started that one, and we are having, like, we brought them pretty good business. Like, it was after their business hours and stuff like that. That was the only thing that they said, like, I was mm. after our business hours and all that. Um, but we'll just have people there and all that still. So I thought that was dope that they kept the doors open, open like that. Um, but we had an open mic, so we were, like, we had we pulled in at least 35 people per show, you know? And, like, a lot of black, like, majority of them black people, which is, like, big. Like, black people don't go to, like, <laughs> establishments like Iron and Gray and, like, <laughs> Especially the shit that happened at Starbucks, like you think black people try to go to coffee shops, like they're Wait, taking they're taking risks. Like what happened? Like people getting shot or what? No, did you hear? Did you, did you know about the Starbucks thing that happened? Um, like it was like a few years ago. No, Molly, do you want to pull that up? Yeah, there was um, there's a couple black dudes who were just chilling at Starbucks, and cops literally came there and arrested them just for sitting at Starbucks because they were just chilling, and somebody was like scared or nervous about them and called the cops, and these dudes literally just got arrested in the coffee shop at Starbucks. So for me, I'm just like, we see that shit. Like, no, no black people are trying to go to coffee shops like that. But um, for for me to pull in for us, I was wrong reading to put in like a whole black crowd at like establishment like that. Like that's a bridging of community. It's communities that's happening, you know. Hmm. Man arrested at Philadelphia Starbucks. Speak out, please, Commissioner. Apologizes. Mm-hmm. So they got arrested. Or they got shot. No, they got arrested. Just straight oh. Just- no one said anything about shooting. Okay. <laughs> Who got shot? <laughs> this is the woke white person. <laughs> Who got shot? <laughs> what began as opportunity to talk real estate at Philadelphia coffee shop ended in the arrest of two black men has launched a week of outrage protest. Like See, that's kind of... I mean, I'm not supporting Starbucks by any means. That's kind of bullshit of like how Starbucks has to like vow to do better. Yeah, right. Like, what does Starbucks have to do with they, that? You know what they did? They shut it down for a couple months and for a couple months and like did like workshops. <laughs> like, yeah, man, because that because that works. It's like that's that helps every time. Yeah, it's like you know half of them ain't even paying attention. Just like what? Are you kidding me? Of course, that happened in Philadelphia too. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we're good on that, but. Yeah, but that's the thing, like, for me, like, to, to, to go back around to that, what that considered, like, when people see that stuff, it makes them think differently about their environments and all that. That's why, like, at home, like, you don't really see a lot of black people go to coffee shops anymore for shit, you know? You'll see my black-owned bars and shit like that, but not coffee shops. So for us, like, as we're in rhetoric, like, having, like, a majority, like, a lot of, like, 85 to 90% of, like, the... uh audience members of those 35 being black like that's big you know that's super mm. dope like that means like yo we feel safe here we feel cool here like we can listen to this and know that there ain't gonna be no bullshit you know like we put in a lot of numbers and for me and this is just my theory in my head just thinking about the the politics of it i think they noticed that from like because these people were coming in and still buying food like they're buying food sandwiches mm. all that like they were making money after hours you know we were making yeah. a business money after hours like that's that's on paper like can be on paper you know but that's why i think they uh later they reached out to me saying that they wanted to start a second one so they wanted me to have two a month so i'm like okay cool like for the second one though like we'll need to have like a, a 70 30 split 70 to you guys and 30 to us because i got to pay my dj because like this is what he does his job like and we need money to like put into promo to like all the more bring more people into your business you know i'm always thinking about those things so that's why like i'm, I'm not thinking it was just for my sake but like i'm thinking about for y'all like this could be a good business for y'all if you get it for 30 percent that's gonna go to promotions and like we're able to like promote all over you know from our different demographics and they're like okay well let's think about that for a minute they didn't get back to me, I think, till like a month later. Um, and they hit me back with the email saying like, oh, well, um, we can't do that. And we're just going to cut all the open mics in general. 
Oh. I'm like, what? I was like, okay, you know what? It's cool. It's cool. We're going to talk about this at the last open mic. <laughs> so I had I had the last open mic go, and I, I told people, like, yo, like, if you come in, just just get water. Don't buy anything tonight, and it'll make sense in the end of this. Just don't buy anything. And at the end of my open mic, I told him what happened just straight up. I wasn't lying about nothing. I was like, yo, like, like we're ending it here because Iron Grain doesn't want to pay creatives just 30% of the 7% of what they make off what you guys buy. 30%. That's all we were asking. Like, I told him, like, this goes back around. I didn't make it like a, oh, this racism thing. I'm also just pointing out the capitalism of it. Like, yeah. they, they're, they're more okay with us doing things for free um, that bring worth to them and are bringing money to them. But as soon as we ask for money... Yeah, we get completely cut. It's just like that shows that like there's not a worth in this. People don't give worth to art in this community, and that's the problem. And like I get my last spiel, name dropped them and shit like that. I was like, that's my last like man, boom. But yeah. now we're at but now we're at Ross talks, and last night we had we had seventy five people. Hey, there you go. At our open mic, you know, we were like fifteen over capacity. So I'm like, I think people now like with me saying that like made people understand the worth. But like with what you were saying, like it's all capitalism game, you know. Like it's it is like very like yep. okay, we want these black people to kind of like be in these spaces and do stuff for us because like that gets us more money we can get more grants it makes us feel a little better about ourselves and like we'll cut them off later you know but we're doing something right now and right now is all that matters like it's it's all business you know and it's just like yeah that's that's why i'm very mindful about who i work with honestly yeah and it may seem like one of those like oh like that's racist all like that you that you're that you only work with like and I shouldn't say I only work with like black business because like again black business can be on some bullshit too like <laughs> they, they can abide by that the white idea of capitalism too like this is like yeah. it's not absolving them but it's just like it's I've, I've learned to be very like mindful of like who I work with yeah know? but that's kind of the beauty of capitalism in a sense you know because like like now your business is pretty legitimate like the guy yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it. Molly might hate me for saying this, but like it's kind of like the the gay wedding cake when that whole thing happened. You know, like that was really controversial, and that business was shitty. Oh, but like, yeah, the one that refused to make the wedding cake. Was yeah, yep, yeah, exactly, exactly. And like, but like government intervention wasn't really needed. Like that business went out. Like you didn't need to put a law in. They went out of business. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know, like that. And that's kind of that's this is getting into kind of my side of how I, you know libertarianism or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. um. Like, you know, people have the power to, like, allow businesses to thrive or fail. And, like, Mm -hmm. businesses, you know, if they want to make really shitty business practices, you know, Mm -hmm. it's them. Like, okay, like, even when in terms of, like, uh, you know, business segregating, like, if Walmart tomorrow was, like, uh, no black people allowed at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Which would be a stupid ass idea. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah, say they did yeah, that. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of customers. But uh, let's say they did that. Like, I would stop going to Walmart, mm-hmm. you know? And most decent people would just be like, yeah, fuck Walmart. We're not going to, mm-hmm. you know, go to Walmart. Yeah. I don't know. It's a thought. Anyways. No, that's true. And, it's, and the thing about it is, too, it's just like, it's what these people who like have these like bad business practices, too. I think the biggest part that like rubs the wrong way, too, is like they they try to act like, they they aren't doing what they're doing, you know. And I say that because yeah. like after the iron grain thing, like I think a month later, this is only a couple weeks ago, I had a lady reach out to me and like make this a super freaking long post on my comment because I, I mentioned on my Facebook too what had happened too, and like it was already kind of a month after the fact. But this lady, which I, which at that point I was like, you you you've been waiting to like build this up in your head, like you're waiting a month after to like make this long ass comment, like you've been thinking about this, like <laughs> the fact that you know where this comment is a month later, like you've been watching this for a minute, but she left this long comment, pretty much like vouching for the um the business that kind of like discontinued um 
our iron and grit who discontinued our open mic by saying pretty much essentially that like oh like well it's hard out here for businesses like it might seem like they cut you off and all that blah 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 blah, blah. and i'm like you know what i get it and i didn't say this to her because like it's one of those things on denialism like i'm not even gonna try to explain myself to you like cool if that's what you think whatever yeah but it's not worth for it for me yeah. this specific coffee shop they've been planning like four different campus four or five different campuses all over the quad cities like that's money there so i'm like you can't tell me that businesses like yeah i understand that businesses are like struggling right now with the pandemic but you can't tell me specifically that applies like not saying they don't those struggles but to to be able to open another like iron Grain coffee shop in the region like that's money so you're saying like even out of that if we just took 30 percent of that like that would have been a like uh, that would have put them in a bad place like i don't think that's true you know but it's just like the fact that you guys can't admit that you're doing the shit that you do it's just like man like that's why i'm very mindful now you know yeah well and that's all you can do you know and it's good that you're smart about that and i think you know at the end of the day people just need to be like educated and be like you know see through like the tokenism mm-hmm. you know that's like <laughs> there are a lot of people in, on the east side or east iowa and i don't want to you know not that i don't want to offend them but like sorry mm-hmm. i guess but like i do feel like there is kind of like more of like a woke culture like in those cities i've noticed oh yeah like yeah. just from like uh, people there and like interviewing them i'm like you kind of you kind of just get a sense of it you know and it's here in des moines it's everywhere yeah yeah but like you just you <laughs> you just get kind of a sense from it in those cities yeah you, know? you just yeah you just kind of feel it tim Dillon did like a whole he did a whole he had a whole thing where he he's a comedian he's like uh he's like this gay guy he just says like outlandish crazy shit yeah and uh you know, because he would like talk. He was, you know, he would talk about COVID and all that. And the people in Iowa City that were going to host him actually like mm-hmm. sent him an email, like complaint. Com- he was like in an email thread, mm-hmm. and they were like complaining about him in the email thread. So he just did this podcast. He was just yeah. shitting on Iowa City. He was like, "Yeah, some blue-haired tech bitch, <laughs> fucking." They're out of blue haired. I was like, oh yeah, they were at your neck. I like, was like, God, that's so these, true. These, that's these, so true. These new, these new, like quote unquote activists, they on some different shit. They're coming with blue hair and and all that coming to. I, yeah, I get that, you know. And it's just like, yeah, you just gotta know how to maneuver. That's the thing. I, that's why I think I learned, man. Like it's obviously like I've learned just like with that like it's i've learned to just say my shit like if i if, if i see something and i know you're not gonna get out it, i can like it's, I've, I've learned to handle the nuance of like being nihilistic about like the shit being like okay this is useless at the end of the day but like just in case i'm still gonna say this shit and like i'm gonna say it in a way that's not really like you're gonna tell that i'm mad but like i'm gonna keep it like still like i've, I've learned there's politics to it you know there's politics to like how you kind of move especially like with me being in a space of just like like starting like my own business and working in the communities more with like education from a different standpoint and like being kind of seen for ours is like okay i gotta i can still be myself but like there's politics to it where like if i notice shit that's happening like i'm gonna just tell you about it you know like it's because like it's i the, the school that i left uh the school that i uh that i quit um it was the same situation you know and like it's funny like i like it's we were saying it off camera but like i feel like my last podcast like i was at the school and you yeah you said that's like you made that sentiment of saying like man like it's it's cool to see you in the school because i don't really see you like fitting in the school system <laughs> like this motherfucker called it because i quit that shit <laughs> I quit that uh, shit. I quit high roads of the quad cities and East Moline. <laughs> and we gonna talk about why. <laughs> you might have beat me in chess, but I beat you in real life. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Months ahead. Like he prophesied that shit. He was like, he just saw into the future. He just saw me quitting my job as I was walking out. He's like, you you just don't feel like you fit in. I just don't feel like you fit in. So I mean so I had a crystal bar moment, but like, yeah, like I left my whole thing of leaving that school was, um, 
um, with that was like, man, I, first of all, like I was going through a lot of bullshit with it, you know, like I was the, the whole, I mean, as an educator, like what I was doing was like amazing with the kids. Like teachers can vouch for that. Like teachers who see me like work with the kids that I do, like at the behavior school and all that. And I would handle shit. Like I had it on lock with that. And that just comes with experience, you know, just like working in a school system with behavior kids for so long, you just know like how to kind of maneuver. And again, like having that kind of like mindfulness and self-awareness and knowing that like, like knowing how to like practice that in the school building and stuff like that. Like I was dope with the kids that I work with for sure. Um, but I was given a whole bunch of just like, I was just given a bad hand as like a lot of the teachers that I work with uh, kind of told me like when I was quitting and stuff like that, um, where like um, I was like, they're they always like, I, I didn't have a consistent like staff member in there. They're always been like different staff members. And sometimes like they would just leave me there in the room by myself, which like you couldn't by law do, you know, like if there's 10 students in the, if there's more than 10 students in the room, you need like a teacher and a paraeducator in there for it. For every 10 students, there's got to be another staff member, you know? But there was times where, like, I was, like, kind of left alone by myself, like, work with 10 students, you know, like, students who, like, this student over here had, like, a, a third grade, like, writing level. This student over here has PTSD. This student over here is a special needs student who spits everywhere, who doesn't belong in the classroom, but they try to guilt me into, like, keeping them saying, like, well, I feel like you're not being attentive to this student enough. Like, we feel like you're being very, dis we we're concerned that you're being discriminatory towards students. Like, bitch, like, I got a behavior classroom. <laughs> With nine other kids, I can go over here like worry about this kid spitting everywhere and like yeah. running around. Like I gotta run a classroom. Like the fuck you want me to do? But like I had that shit kind of like where I was kind of put in that kind of position and like I wasn't giving support in my classroom. You know, like if I called down for like simple things, like a student cussing in my classroom and saying like, "Oh, I need a, somebody down here to get the student." There'd be ten minutes going by, the student going crazy, throwing shit at students, punching students. I'm like, I need somebody down here. You know, didn't get anybody down there to like till after the fact or just like late. You know. And even for little things, if I ever wanted to, like, leave the, for the bathroom, I had to call down, like, five times for, for nobody to answer. So I got to a place where I'm like, fuck it. Like, if I go get a bathroom, I'm walking down to this bitch, and I'm just going to train these students to be like, you well, when I leave the room, you guys are quiet. I had to, like, literally, I had a whole two weeks where I, like, I was training them what to do when I leave to the bathroom. Like, yo, you sit in your shit, sit in your desk, like, do what you're supposed Damn. to do, like, because I got to go to the bathroom. You guys get it, right? You know, and they're junior high kids. For most people, like, yeah, man, okay. it's, it's bogus that he was, that, that they're doing that to you, like. Even the kids were seeing this shit. It's like, <laughs> as bogus as doing, say, yeah, like, Mr. Aubrey, go to the bathroom. We, we, we got it on lockdown here. It's like, thank you, you know? So, like, I had to do little things like that, which, again, like, which is against, like, school You come law. back and half your classroom's dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to lose my job now. Just walk out real <laughs> quick. <laughs> walk out real quick. It's just like, don't say nothing to nobody. But I think it's... <laughs> it's you know I low-key like always had that worry when like I was like man what if I come back and like this kid's fighting this dude and punching somebody in your face like man but I think it kind of goes to like again like I just taught the kids how to like yo like when I leave the room this is what we do and again like they just kind of got it you know and they understood because they kind of saw the shit happening because like again I, I kept all my students too like yo like I'm not getting any support here guys so I gotta go to the bathroom he's like we get a Mr. I like well, if yeah. you keep it honest with kids they just get it you know as opposed to giving them some kind of bullshit ass reason you know but um with um with that, I wasn't getting the support that I needed. Um, and there was one, like, it's, and again, like, I, I show up, like, to the point where, like, I'd show up two hours early, like, to my school uh, to, like, get shit done because I knew that I wasn't going to get the support that I needed. So I showed up every morning at, like, 6 a.m. when school didn't really start to 8 a.m. because I know, like, I got to be here early, get all this shit in order. But, like, they kind of treated me as, like, glorified paraeducators, what I tell people, like, were, because they pulled me out of my room to, like, walk around with a student for two hours while they took over my room and start teaching. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you, so you guys didn't even support me in that, you know, but 
there was a situation that happened where like we had a student, I had a student, um, um, a white student, again, like 16 years old who, um, who, uh, had the habit of like calling me the N word whenever she got mad, like just saying it, dude, what fuck you, you know, all that bullshit, you know, like, and for me, like at first, like I get it. Like I know the territory I'm working in, so I'm not going to take it offensive. Like I'm not going to take offense to it, but I'm going to be at the same time. Like, yo, like if she's saying it here. She's going to say it out there to the wrong people who don't have as much of a mindfulness as me. Yeah, they will, for real. They will beat their brakes off that girl, like, in the most ugly way. So I'm yeah. like, yo, like. Here, Will Smith, yeah. They will keep my motherfucking name <laughs> out your goddamn mouth on some real shit. I That's more, my word. Right? That is ours. <laughs> but with that considered, I was doing what I can. Like, yo, like pretty much telling schools, like, we got to, like, fix that, you know? Because she's going in here thinking that she can say it to me. And, like, that's going to translate to out, outside of here. So, like, my school yeah. kept saying that they would do something about it, do something about it. But, like, whenever I'd send the kid out in the hallway for doing that shit, I would, like, be like, I, I gave her assignments that she needed to do before she gets to come back to my class, you know? Which revolved around saying that word. But, like, whenever I went out to the hallways for a bathroom break or something, I saw, like, teachers, like, rewarding her with candy games and all that and i'm like yo like you're reinforcing bad behavior right now like in her yeah. mind she's like oh i can call mr aubrey the n-word and still get candy and hugs and and all this like i get being there for these students because they go through hard shit yeah you have to like they go through very traumatic shit they go through very sh- like shitty shit but like how much are we holding them accountable for the shit they, sh- they shouldn't do at the same time like you don't hold them accountable by saying like oh we're just gonna forget that you said that and like oh here's because the power of love is gonna change you and all that it's like man <laughs> That's true, but fuck that shit. Like, you got to be able at the same time, like, love keeps you keeps people accountable. Like, okay, because, like, I care about you as a student, you cannot say that shit because though I'm taking it, when you say it out there to wrong people, they're going to beat the brakes off you, and I don't want to see that. So you got to have that type of accountability, and for that to not be happening in school, like, it kind of made me feel some type of way. It's like, okay, they don't respect me and, like, with what I'm trying to do, no matter all this, like, oh, like, that's completely wrong that she called you that. We're going to do something about that because we don't stand for that here. It's like, man, you got to stand for it the last six times. Shut the fuck up. Like... <laughs> Don't give me that shit. Like, trying to make me feel better about shit. But uh, there was a situation that happened that, like, she said it in my room again. And, like, I told her to leave. I was like, okay, we're going to get out of my room. And she threw a punch at me. So I grab her hands and I walk her out of the room. That's my first mistake, though. Like, because, like, again, with law and all that, like, if you're escorting a student out, there has to be two of you. Because that other one can kind of vouch for you. Ah, uh, you know, fuck. but I didn't. Again, I didn't really but have. They were, I, yeah, they, they weren't helping you. me, you know. So I'm like, okay, like they they keep saying, call down, call down. Like I've called down before, and you guys haven't done shit. Like don't give me that bullshit. Like fuck that. So I'm like, okay, I just need to take her out myself. In that moment, I was I was mad. I was heated because like, yo, she really thinks like I got to put like I got to be the one laying it down with her because they're not doing it. So I'm taking her out of my room. This is the other thing that happened that like made the situation like look bad for me. Like, just the whole day I made, the whole day I took an L, I'm not going to lie, but, like, it's because I was mentally burnt out, and I was fed up with shit. So, like, that's that's what happened there, you know? But um, the student who I was taking out of my classroom, um, I'm walking her down the hall, because, like, I, there's a designated seat, a designated area I created for her to go when she ever has a behavior in my classroom. I'm like, okay, you're going to go down here, mm-hmm. you're going to do your shit, because I can see you, and then you come back when I know you're ready. So I'm walking her down this way, teachers are coming out because the student's screaming the, the N-word and yelling and all this. And like fighting and struggling with me. And right when I get her to her seat, I trip, you know, and like she falls with me, but I catch myself. But like I let go of her and she just falls down. And like the student's a pathological liar for real. Like that's in her. That was like, that's that's her thing, her characteristics. So like when she fell, she capitalized on that moment. Like was holding her arm and all that. And like she, the teachers caught me saying like, like yelling in her face, don't call me a nigger again. And I just walk out like, fuck this shit. So like in that moment, it looked like I threw her down. And like cussing her mm. face. That's the other L I took with that. 
And uh, I told the teacher next door, uh, across my classroom, I was like, hey, can you have a pair walk over there? Because I'm leaving right now. I'm burnt out. I got to leave. So I left for a little bit. The third thing that, like, it was the thing that, like, and this kind of speaks to, like, the, the implicit bias that is in the schools, too. Like, if it, I've seen in my last eight years, I've seen white teachers do that, walk out when they need to because their mental health is not well and all that. Mm. And they're completely fine with that. But when I did it, cussing and all this, this, that, and the other, like, it's like, oh, shit, we're going to use that against you. Like, because I'm yeah, more of the angry. Of it. I'm more perceived as an angry black person, a white teacher that does. It's like, oh, she's just not mentally well. She's carrying a lot. So that's what I walked into when I walked out of the school. Took my little break, went to Chick Fil A, and got like a large fry because I'm like, "This is gonna calm me down." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drive back to the school, and my principal calls me to her office, and he's like, uh, "So is it true that she left school like for a little bit for a break?" He's like, "Yeah." Did you tell anybody? At the moment, I said no because I didn't remember that I told the teacher who I who's, who I told because I wasn't thinking like I was already mentally burnt out. So I'm like, I said no when I actually did and then think about that later because that was something else that them, for them to use against me for my case now that they wanted to put against because I was already I was asking too much of them I was kind of holding them accountable for stuff and I was just very cynical with how they're kind of treating education there and like they knew that because I wasn't kissing nobody's ass I wasn't like when meeting I talked about how dumb meetings were like some of them like outwardly and just like even talk like looking at little things I was like that doesn't make any sense so like me being that there was like, okay, we got to get him out of here, like in some kind of way, shape, or form. So, like, it all made sense. Like, they didn't give me a staff because they were trying to get me out of here. <laughs> they knew it was going to bring me out, and they were waiting for this moment to happen where I had this meltdown and went back to the school and said, like, hey, like, hey, teacher, like, keep that fucking student in here. That's another mistake I made. I said, fucking student. And they took that as me cussing at the student and then tried to say, like, they asked me a question of, like, so do you abuse the kids in your classroom? I'm like, where are you getting that from? What? Like, you know that's not the case. I'm like, why would they say something like that? And, like, after that day, they had me, like, leave. I was like, we're going to have you leave for the day and all that. And for me, I know what that means. When they say they're going to have you leave for the day, they're planning on, like, firing you, and they already have their little case against you. So I called my boy from Chicago, who's also an educator, and, like, he has his master's in education. He works in the Chicago school system. So I'm like, yo, like, hey, am I tripping? Like, this is what happened. So I told him everything that happened. And he's like, yo, like, you need to – putting that resignation letter i've seen this millions of times like they got a case against you like these little things that you did like yeah you didn't do them but they got a case against you and like they're gonna try to fire you like you better get that resignation letter ready so like with my right and ass i was like bet <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're gonna switch from poetry real Piece quick of cake and write this fucking do this in disser- 15 minutes mother. dissertation type like <laughs> dissertation type like resignation letter this bitch was like detailed like i detailed the things that i was going through the things that they put me through was quoting certain moments was bringing up certain days. I put this all in this like resignation letter, sent it to the school, sent it to HR, and then I sent it to the founder of the High Road School. So I was like, fuck you guys. Like, fuck you. That was just my like, <laughs> see what you guys try to do there. But like, congratulations. It's, <laughs> but it was, bro, I'm telling you. And there's teachers right now, it. like, there's actually like, I'm, I'm not even going to call her out by name because I don't want to put her her biz out there but like this goes to show like I, this is one of the texts that i got from one of these teachers uh when everything was going down when i told him that i was quitting so one of the teachers there said like so when i told them that i'm resigning they're like aubrey please call hr i'll be calling for you this is a white teacher they set you up for failure from the very beginning this is so wrong also called the naacp this is discrimination i will talk on your behalf if needed and all that stuff. So, like, they saw from the get-go how it was being set up. It's a text message that I saved, like, okay, we're going to keep this shit just for some shit that happens in the future. Because, like, they saw from the get-go that they were setting me up to, like, really not, like, 
work there anymore. And that's I think that speaks to like why you don't see a lot of black educators staying with the position because we're putting that place again of like dying against your buyer will, you know, the whole and this is where we die project concept, which is like you either yeah. die and abide by this damn school system that you know is fucked up, that you know ain't working for the kids, but you just do it because you gotta do it. Or you're like, no, nah, I ain't gonna do this shit. Like <laughs> But I'm gonna have you guys pay me to walk into your school under my own shit. So, <laughs> so I can still do what I'm supposed to do, you know, but I don't know. After that, it really just made me like realize, like, man, like, this shit is politics, you know, like this whole school shit. Yeah, is, they don't really, they don't think about the kids in the politics. Like, they, it's it's all a money grab. It's a money grab. Position yeah, grab. it's all it is. And you see, we're, we're we're seeing it all over the country. Like, there's there's, I'm not the only teacher that's like, I'm not I'm not a special case. There's other teachers in all other different countries around here. Like, you go to YouTube and type in why I quit teaching, I think you know, you'll find like 50 videos made in the last year, probably. Yeah. Like, in the last two months is what I've saw honestly the most. But, but you see teachers everywhere like yo, like we quit because like we see all the bullshit in this. That's why I think like education is looking different too. Where like people are having like more homeschooling like curriculum plans for online and all that because they're like noticing like yo, like these teachers really ain't shit. And it's just like again, that's not generalizing obviously, but just the, the I should say that the school system ain't shit, and some of the teachers who abide by it ain't shit. You know? Yeah. Because there's teachers who are in this in the field who are really trying to change shit. One of my friends actually got fired for kind of like the. Just kind of being being in the same place that I was because like they were trying to find ways to kind of get her out because she was a real educator and like yo this is gonna kind of threaten our pockets and all this is that any other and like make us feel more responsible than we want to so we're gonna like like terminate this person you know and it's just like it's it's showing that like the school system ain't really doing what it's supposed to do you know yeah damn that yeah that's just a sad fucking display mm-hmm. uh yeah you, man. fuck the institution. And that's why I kind of started my own shit. Like, it's, after I quit and all that, like, after that, I kind of decided, I was like, man, like, I'm not gonna, I've been working in schools for eight years. Like, I've been working at various schools for eight years, and, like, I've seen a whole bunch of shit. I've heard a whole bunch of shit. Like, I don't think I have trust in, like, what this is anymore. Like, I have trust in it, but it's very kind of, like, I don't know still. You know, so it's almost a trust. It's almost like the same thing you have with cops. Like, man, like, as a human being, yeah, I trust you, but still, like, there's just something about this that you're in that I don't want to like abide by you know so like that's where kind of like I made a decision to start my own program nonprofit that like works within the field of education alongside of schools and like after school programs shit like that but I get to have the freedom of teaching how I want not worrying about all these little political things like the fucking behavior plans the the the, uh, the paperwork the useless paperwork like I get to do what like I want to do which is educate I don't and not worry about the politics to an extent, you know, because there is some politics to it, but it just looks different. Yeah, man, I love that. That's like that's very libertarian, honestly. Uh, oh, man, you, you know, uh, um, like I feel like everyone I know currently that's in education, like it, like their morale is just low. They're like they even admit, like even the people that are really in, they're like, yeah, it's. You know, because I think COVID really revealed a lot of that too. Oh yeah, like for sure. literally bringing like the parents getting to sit in and see what they're doing over zoom mm-hmm. and they're like this yeah this is fucking awful like yeah. <laughs> hearing, how, <laughs> this is what we're doing. hearing how teachers are talking to their yeah. kids and shit like that yeah, yeah. Like, it really is bringing like a movement of like homeschooling and it really is. Uh, i don't know it's you know and there's good and bad to that obviously there are people who are gonna get homeschooled and it's gonna be fucking awful for them but yeah you know i i think also this is me personally i think like also putting people in that environment is like very limiting and also in this day and age dangerous like think of how many school shootings there are you're yeah. like forcing people to like literally be in like being like a gridlock yeah environment like anyone can just come 
and just and just and just yeah that's real like we were joking earlier about like your class you know showing up in your classes half dead but like yeah, that could actually fucking it could happen really, you know? it could really happen out here you know so it's just like it's it's very nuanced you know i think like i'm i'm not like it's i understand the homeschooling thing i think like what it does though it's just like school at the end of the day like it's good for like the social interactions the kids are going to have with other human beings learning how to share the space with other human beings and all that you know so i think like that's that's an important part of the message and all that, but like at the same time, like it's just like I do see like the benefit of it, you know. Especially just no, just seeing these teachers and stuff like just knowing these teachers. I should even say just seeing these teachers, but just knowing how they act, knowing why they teach, knowing how they don't give a fuck about. It. It's like yeah, maybe you are better off just teaching your kid than this piece of shit that decided to get a degree in this for some reason. <laughs> I get it, you know, but it's very like it's it's cool to see it changing though, like seeing the shift and all that. Like I have a homie right yeah. now. Who has this program called the STEM and Learning Pro, uh, Program? It's like a, it's a really dope business actually. Like that kind of like, that works with like other schools and like families internationally, where they like have like a curriculum where their kid can like learn things from home, like whether it's English, history, social studies. I think they're adding trades on there as well, and mm-hmm. they're actually bringing me on to like teach poetry and shit like that, you know. But seeing their program and how like it's it's one that's kind of reached outside like. U.S. boundaries stuff like that is showing how like this new need of educate there's education shifting you know it's kind of cool mm-hmm. seeing that shift and like how that kind of like plays out because like that shit really does like it's as it is now it's just like it's good it, it's it's essential but with how we're doing it's pretty shitty you know yeah well and you know like uh, kind of talking about what you do like there's other companies like uh, <clears throat> Delta V through Nuboco who we just had him on Rob Rob Merritt mm-hmm. uh, Oz or actually our most popular episode to date um 500 views oh which is hey, fucking look crazy at that. This is dope as um but uh his company they the delta v company that he he helps with uh they teach programming and it's like a six month inten- intense vigorous program mm. where they just get like a you know six month deal and then they have a degree and they're getting a job that pays you know whatever seventy eighty thousand dollars an hour probably in you know a lot of cases mm-hmm. uh like in my opinion that's like the way to go yeah absolutely you know, you know? It's, it's, it's like putting people in that like in at the, least they should have that option yeah at the very it least. should be an option you know because I, I understand like there's there's some things that like you'll po- probably need con- con- like traditional college for like fucking being a surgeon like you're not gonna learn that shit off youtube or <laughs> you're not practicing on no fucking human beings like yeah go to school for that yeah shit. like yeah you stay if you're trying to be a surgeon like don't try to do no homeschooling shit <laughs> You know, but I think for the most part, like, it's one thing that I'm always making a, uh, I make a point to, like, tell any kid that I work with at any of the schools I work at now, like, I always have, I make it a point to tell them, like, yo, like, as good as college is, like, and if there's shit you gotta go to college for, like, you don't necessarily have to take the path to make money, make a living, and do what you love. Like, there's literally YouTubers right now making money off fucking YouTube. There's literally people making money off of, uh, Instagram, uh, Spotify, TikTok, and all that. I don't know TikTok because I don't know if TikTok monetizes or anything, but like my point is no. in that, you know, it creates a sense of business for people that people have learned to kind of capitalize off. Because, like, I, I'm glad to know that because, like, I think about people like, uh, I think consciously, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that TikToker. Have you ever heard of consciously before? What consciously? Like, it's like a person or a group? Yeah, it's or? a person. That's his TikTok and all that. That's what okay. he's going out. He's, he's a super dope dude. Like, he's very kind of like, he just talks about like certain breakdowns of politics. I mean, there's, 
there's things like with anything I, I disagree with him on, but like his platform has like mm-hmm. been a very educational piece for for people to kind of like view and like he has eight million views and like though you're not making money off TikTok, he's learned how to like capitalize that and be like okay I teach workshops, I come to your schools and speak and all that and like that's smart and for him to learn that that's something that you don't necessarily need to go to college for like it's all just practicing experience and learning how to kind of learn from people around you you know so I always make that sense to tell students that because like I think it's important for them to know that in this day and age that like. Cause they're they're getting the same rhetoric that that we got when we were like in high school like oh you got to go to college you got to go to college you got to go to college and they're not hearing any other alternate way because like what if the dude down the street don't want to go to college what if he just wants to um do rap like he literally can learn how to like make money as a rapper now because there's so many things around him so many people a and r's people who do music full-time and make money like they can learn from right now like if he wants to do that, like he just he shouldn't go to fucking Sale Academy or whatever that does music yeah. and all that. Like he learned that right now, you know. And I think it's a, I think just knowing that and seeing like how education is kind of like turning to that now, you know, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like we're trying. I, I feel like that, that that's a good. I, I like it just because it's it's giving an alternate path, yeah. and something that's gonna put you in debt, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. Like I I go through DMAC for my video stuff, my video production, and uh, I feel like it's almost like just more of like a resource for funding your own things and giving you like <clears throat> you know both well, tools and education rather than like a structured university environment for film yeah you know i feel like a lot of stuff that we and like you know like even through like podcasting like having people like that work in film on the podcast yeah like i've learned a lot from just like sitting down with someone like that for like two hours yeah like a lot like probably an equal amount to like mm-hmm. what i've learned at dean back it truly is amazing like what <clears throat> kind of information the internet has on and, you know there's all there's the um controversy of a uh, miss mal and disinformation as the mm-hmm. department of homeland security puts it yeah no, seriously <laughs> no seriously but it's funny that you say that because like i feel like I, I piggyback that and just like um just like the, the 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 season of learning i've been in now as of lately i guess like with um uh i've, I've been taking like these um weekly like business networking workshops online through this thing called Poet Life. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a non for profit. It's actually a really dope resource for like people who want to do poetry as like a job. Like they literally have everything in line where you can learn that, and it's like a school almost. But for something that like if you're into poetry, you're gonna learn it here. Um, but I do this like weekly uh, workshop every Tuesday, and like the the only thing we do in the workshop really is just like have conversation, and they're kind of just giving gems on like what they've done and how they've made, how they've signed five thousand dollar deals. Or contracts for teaching poetry at schools for just like six or seven days uh in a month you know they're teaching you little things like that and i'm thinking like man like i'm learning more from this little conversation of this dude like my my notebook's always like filled with notes like okay this is what i do 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 you know and like i've practiced some things they've taught me with kind of just me being more intentional intentional about making poetry like more of a full-time career you know like i've learned so many things from them but like it comes from just like our just sitting on zoom you know we didn't take any classes we didn't do no intro to uh give your poetry to people 101 like it was just a conversation i'm like man like this is like a useful resource you know just being able to learn by just hearing other people's experiences as opposed to just like reading for theory because i think that's where that's where like i i was talking to one of my friends about this because like i feel like that's kind of like where um educators versus teachers kind of come up like you i feel like what ha- what's what's wrong with like how we do schools like we have a lot of teachers and not enough educators for me like i look at education as like what it is in like its root word like the word education means to lead one out of ignorance mm. that's what educate an educator is huh, like that's interesting an educator is someone who leads someone out of ignorance you know in order to know ignorance you got to experience ignorance you know teachers 
I feel like teachers and again, this is my own definition of shit. Um, my friend was like actually arguing about this week because like, man, like you're trying to rewrite the dictionary. It's like the dictionary is just a bunch of words and concepts. Like I can create my words and concepts too. Like what the fuck? Like, of course. But like, and I say that because like teacher to me, is just like more so just like someone who knows the theory well. You know how to be a teacher well. Like, you know, the book, you know, like how to do behavior playing, you know how to do IEP, you know, all these use, useful things. But in the grand scheme of things, you're kind of useless because you don't know anything outside of that. You know, I feel like that's what the school is kind of like filled with, with people who just like know things in theory. But the educators learn from people through like experience, conversation, observing shit, you know, mm-hmm. and then they, they don't. For me, I always tell people like a lot of my a lot of my being a good educator is is not really on going to school for it. It was helpful. I learned little things. I'm not going to say it was completely useless, but like I learned more being just in the field of education, just being with kids and around kids like I don't remember anything about the zone of proximity or how to use that shit, but I know how to like work with a little dude over here when he has PTSD moment, you know, and I know how to do that in a way where like it's progressive for him, you know? Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, yeah. <clears throat> I'm glad that you like kind of stepped away from that and figured it out. Like you said, I called it. You, know? you did call this shit. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's been honestly, it's, it's been hard too. Cause like, it's, I'm not going to lie. Like quitting a job where like I had a full time salary and shit like that. Yeah. For real. Uh, and all that, like having to go down, back down to like working as like a parent like that. Like there was, there was some struggles there. Like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> but... I, I, had, I had months where like my car was about to get repoed. I'm like, shit, like we got to hide this bitch somewhere and play hide and go seek with the repo lady so I can pay this, uh, damn car out. <laughs> it came with the struggles but i think like th- that's how that shit starts you know i think yeah, i, I kind of exactly. think I'm, I'm thinking about it in terms of just like just reading about like a lot of activists that like i kind of like looked up to like fred hampton and all that like knowing their narrative like they weren't making a fucking dot di- they weren't making money off what they were doing as activists like oh, they were broke no. as shit like no. they put the, the little change that they had from like donations and all this is any other but like they probably had enough for like the mere minimum and shit like that. Not saying that's what I want to be. I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to not be that though. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's just understand that like that's going to exist for a season though. You know, yeah. if you're trying to like be under a different, like if you're trying to create your own, I shouldn't even say create your system because I feel like that sounds more grandiose <laughs> than it really is. But like when you're trying to create your own table, that's what I usually say. When you're trying to create your own table, like something from scratch up with like this thing I do with like Young Lions Roar. When, you just, when, you start, when you're building something from like the ground up, you don't have time to like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's you're going to go through that struggle and all that. So it's it's came with its, yeah. it's came with its suffering, but we're, we're almost out of it. We ain't all the way. <laughs> Speaking of uh, charities and money, did you hear about uh, the recent Black Lives Matter purchase? They bought a $6 million mansion. Damn. All the white folks going to have all the power partners in that bitch. We're going to have our Black Lives Matter. Uh, uh, we're going to shoot music shit. videos in here. <laughs> I guarantee that was 60% of their thinking. Snoop Dogg doing a, doing a video in this damn mansion. Be some gangster ass shit. That'd be some gangster ass shit. Snoop Dogg just doing a concert in the Black Lives Matter like man, oh, I wouldn't be mad at that point. I was like, you know what, fuck it. It's, 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 it's a good use. <laughs> some good use. Oh, that's You're using it well. <laughs> With so much drama in the NBC. Oh, shit. That'd be but it's crazy. But it's just like, yeah, that's weird. It's you know what? Yeah. It's I it's just one of the stupid facts that floats around my head, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's a, when yes. you when you ingest podcasts all the time. You know that's the thing because I clean, so I just like just a streamline of podcasting. Oh yeah, so that's that's crazy that the, so a podcast was talking about how like they bought this mansion and all that. Yeah, yeah, they just well, I because I listen to this political uh, Tim Cast IRL, the guy Tim Pool. Have you ever heard of him? No. 
he's a he actually was part of Vice like initially, oh, and then he, okay. he quit. And like he did a lot, he's done a lot of stuff like on the ground. And uh, there's a famous uh, Joe Rogan episode where it's him, Joe Rogan, and the executives from Twitter. And like they get into all this stuff about like the you know the gender theory bias and like all these like ridiculous taking people down and like yeah. every time they cornered them they're just like, well we'll look into that and yeah. then they like literally <laughs> never did anything about it. <laughs> that is crazy. They they didn't say nothing. And Tim Pool was like the only one to be like, well, um, I thought this conversation was uh, kind of disappointing. I don't think we actually really like accomplished. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like holy. Uh, that's hey, that's the honest people need to hear though but he's like he goes live five days a week oh, five yeah. nights a week and like i, I don't know I, I think like having alternate forms of podcasts i like that kind of operate as a news function yeah but like they true. go for like two three hours a night that's like dope. it's like a, it's like a it's like a news segment but it's not chopped up it's like actual natural conversation that's actually dope. I got. I got. I actually want to peep that. Actually, Tim Cast RL. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't so, sense to me. Some of his politics are extreme. I don't agree with any, um, everything he um, proponents, but uh, he has a very good insight. I, I. I think it's at least valuable to hear what he has to say. That's. I mean, that's you the know? thing I like about podcasting because it's just like, and I say this, I'm like, though it may sound like bad, it's like I say it in good terms, but there's, there's so much people out there who like, who are about a bunch of nonsense, you know, like, and they put their <laughs> ideas out there, and like, I think it's a good thing because, like, for me, like, it's. The fresh, the fresh and fit podcast. You know the is that what it's called? Fresh, uh, fit. To I'm fresh? not familiar. You're not familiar with it. Uh, what's it called again? Fit Sorry. and fresh. Fit and fresh. No. That oh, man, man pulling that up. Yeah, they bro. They fit they've and, been on some. They. I'm, Sorry, I'm, I'm I know surprised you haven't heard of them. They've been like really making like, for like a better term, like podcast waves. Honestly, they're 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 part of that like, it's they're part of that like red pill movement. Fit and fresh thing. podcast. Fit and fresh. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're big, yeah. They they have a they're big on YouTube. I mean, that's I think that's where they're no, they're not just on YouTube, but a lot of their stuff's on YouTube. But like, um, here go there, go their YouTube page. Yeah, Let's scroll down. Probably. Yep, there you go. Yeah, and I'm I'm surprised you haven't heard about them. They've definitely yeah, they I'm have, a, they have, I'm that's a pretty man. recent controversy. And here's the thing: I already knew the answer. Oh, most I women, did see right? this. Yeah, yep. Ninety percent plus mm-hmm. are going to Fit want the fresh. security of one man. You guys are not designed and or enjoy or want to hear have sex with a lot of different oh, she, people. Oh, you're listening. Oh, okay. So oh, here's the thing it. that lady's got to understand. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm just going to simply state some facts here. You want to put on full screen? Sex, uh, indiscriminate sex ruins women. It is what it is. And we have the biological, the stats to show from biological level, right? So it's just a dick. Like, I will say this. Can you take like a woman that has talk. a promiscuous past and turn her into wife? It's possible. Is it here, pause it one sec. No, because I love how there's sex women. Yeah, the, they always <laughs> like, He's just like, fuck you. Yeah, bro, that's, right. he always has Play a whole again. bunch of women on. Yeah. The reality is this, and they've done studies on this. They've shown the more partners a woman has sexually, the higher the likelihood of divorce, not being able to last in a relationship, etc. And uh, levels of unhappiness go up, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So, all I'm saying is this. When you go through your hoe phase and you have, you know, sex with <laughs> multiple partners, what you're effectively doing is you're playing Russian roulette, okay, with your ability, right, to pair bond with guys in the future. And there's a bunch of studies that show this too, okay. So the high that success rate, point. however, yeah. the marriages that do last the most are with I women mean, his that conclusions have fun. lower partner yeah. counts. I think it's uh, I think under five. Under five. Well, I think it's like, and we're gonna do a full breakdown say these on this. We're not about tomorrow, it. Like these dudes saying that are still the same dudes who like women pay women to like like pay women be like yeah I'll pay you five thousand dollars to come over and like fuck me and my friend. 
Yeah. So she's like, bro, man, you're just saying that shit just to man. Sex, yeah. which it, yeah. it makes them bond with the person they're hooking up with, which is why women prefer to have sex with one person, okay, consistently. All right. Um, and then also, you guys might not like me saying this, but sexual gratification for women isn't that important. That's your argument that you were saying before. Ah, she's pissed. You know, there, you, you don't you don't know. You're pointing at me. But no. And I know a couple of you guys had mentioned that. The reality is this: only one ejaculation is needed to create life, and it ain't yours, ladies. Okay. And the other thing too is that men have way more utility than just sex. Think about it. Before a man can even fuck you, he's got to bring certain things to the table. He's got to look good. All right, he's let's, be let's pause this. Yeah, I've so, had enough. We're we're delving into but, like, <laughs> but now you're seeing what I'm saying. Like these dudes, like they're they're at the end of the day, they're stupid. Like they just take all the like they say good stuff that's like factual and all this, but like you can tell they're using it for some. They're they're no different than the Steve Crowders to me mm. from just a different kind of levels. Like you're saying all this mm. smart shit, bringing up all these stats and all this just to justify your own personal perspective of like what relationships are because you are mad about some shit that you went through as a kid or some shit, or maybe you just didn't get any hoes or whatever they say these days. And like, you're just mad and you're making this podcast. That everybody follows are like, these guys are geniuses. Um, and people, the thing about it is like, it's for me, like looking at these things, like I like watching it cause it makes me like, okay, like why do I disagree with this? Like, why do I think this is nonsense? It makes me actually think about it. Whereas, like, I mean, mm-hmm. you have people who literally just watch stuff like, oh, yeah, I believe that. And they don't even question it. Like, their followers are the most stupidest people, I will say. Like, they're like, they're, just <laughs> more, they're, they're a special bunch. Like, yeah. I've heard them talk and make podcasts. And, like, they talk about how, like, Fit and Fresh saved their lives and made them, like, a lot more attractive than them. I was like, wow, like, you must be a loser. <laughs> like, <laughs> these guys saved your life. But that's why that's why insensitive spiel about but like but that's why I like about like having like various podcasts like that because there's so much ideas to like navigate and like wrestle with you know yeah and you can really find yourself in that if you use it wisely because like you're not gonna agree with everything everybody says you know do they always have that many women on yeah yep for real and some of them like they're not the brightest women. I'm not even like I'm it's, it's not. They're very surface. <laughs> like they, I think they do this on purpose. They do this on purpose. Oh, they yeah. have people, like they make, yeah. they try to make it like where they have people who like know they won't, they won't challenge them or make them think differently about anything. But yeah. they have people who will, they know will say surface and like people who will like, they literally will tell people women to just shut up and just sit down on this and like they'll just do it. I'm like, yo, that's bogus. Like, but I think they're doing this for a reason. Like they, they're literally using these people as like a ploy to be like, yeah. like they, they know who's in charge. We're Fan the, service. we're the alpha males. And you see these women shutting up because like, man, like I know a couple women from, from my guy. Like you said that shit, then they'll beat your ass <laughs> in a quick <laughs> second. Like you told me to do what? And they will put hands on you. But again, like, I think they just do that for a reason. Kind of just like, that's what the audience likes to see because it's the whole dichotomy of like, yeah, men are better than women. That, <laughs> that these, these dudes create this podcast because, they think that like masculinity is at, at threat or and all that. You got to be, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing, man. But yeah, very kind of cultish. Yeah, yeah. It is. no, it is cultish for sure. It is cultish yeah. for sure. We're back again. Part three. The se- the the, the sequel to the sequel. Right. <laughs> I feel to like to the Patreon sequel. Right. <laughs> or the Our episodes be so long though, man. I feel like it's just it's, it's we had to take those breaks. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I love about you, man. That's what I love having you. Like, uh, not seriously. You know, there's some guests. You know, no offense to them, but I feel like I'm kind of stretching it with the hour. I'm like, give me some more. You mm-hmm. know, that's why. I like, unless I like invite you on, like I charge people. Yeah. And like, you know, it's been oh, it's been a good tool to like weave out the people who because I have people. I had one motherfucker who like the more morning of 
Mm-hmm. I was talking to him. I was like, hey, going to be here? He's like, yeah. And he just never showed up. And then, like, I would even sh- see him later at shows and he never fucking mentioned it. I'm like, yeah. Well, wow. if he, you know, if he ever asked to come on, like, nah, fuck you, man. You're, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'll, blackli- I'll blacklist people, you know. The guy who to. was, like, doing the whole, <laughs> who started all the racism shit on Facebook. Like, oh, yeah. He's never fucking coming on. Yeah, you know? that's funny. <laughs> yeah, bro. You, you got people coming, like, it's like, you get people coming. Like, I, I've noticed, too. I noticed on, like, your TikTok the most. There was, there was a video that I, I think it was the the one with the uh, Lolo Savage was in it. Yeah, like, the people. Kanye. The Kanye thing. He, I saw that, like, comment from this fucking, like, Dude, who said like I don't even, I don't even like he seems like he was speaking a different language, but I knew what he was saying. Where he was like, "Oh well, this person being problematic." Boom, 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 boom. boom. I don't know, my mind yeah. was like, Man, "Shut the fuck up!" Like, there was one that was like, "This seems like a toxic podcast environment." So like, no watching like, you, fuck, you fucking idiot. Like if you don't like the podcast, like what has happened? Like people just taking ownership of like you know what? If I don't like this, it's not my taste. I can walk away. It's just like you think that you're so fucking important. Just gonna make a comment talking about like, oh, I'm offended, and I'm gonna let you guys know how I'm offended. It's like we don't give a fuck. Like I, I wanted to comment on that so bad, but I was like, no, nah, I digress. Like let me not, let me yeah. say it in my head. It's just like this is just the ass nine part of it. It's because I and it was funny. I went through the same experience like that with um my book that I'm uh that I'm putting out um this mm. month and all that. Um, like I was telling you, uh, my book that I that I'm finishing publishing uh now it is good. It is written. Um. I'm releasing it this month, so I've been having like kind of like this little press. I've had some friends help me like with like press releases and all that. My friend Jonathan Taylor, John Taylor, like helped me a lot with like the press release and like putting it in certain newspapers in the region and all that. Mm-hmm. But there was a post from a like a Facebook post for our Visit Quad Cities page on uh, Facebook, and they were talking about my book and like what it was about and all that. And like in the headline of the book, they said that they said they they posted what I like what I sent like what they posted what I sent them them to post, which was said that like the book uh, hopes to resonate with the hearts of like uh bl- the hearts and souls of black America, right? Cuz like that's that's intention that I kind of like wrote it from. Does it mean that I'm being like um divisive? No. Yeah, yeah. Anybody anybody can pick up the fucking book and read it. Like I'm not going to stop you like, "Oh, you're white. You're not going to read the book." It's like it's a fucking book. <laughs> read it, wrestle with it. If you don't if it doesn't include you, cool. Like it's giving you a different perspective, but I said to say that like under that comment there's this like white dude um who said that the books have felt divisive. And he's on his high horse. You can even just tell from the comments, like, oh, well, I'm not going to support this nor this artist and all this. So I messaged him. I was like, okay, well, like, how about we talk in person? Because I thought he lived in the Quad Cities, um, but he lives in San Antonio, Texas. So he messaged me, and it's off bat. I was like, what's your beef? Because you came onto this post that you saw and, like, felt the need to have this comment because you feel some type of way. Let's talk about your feelings, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so I'll read off the things what he says. Honestly, I have it in my phone. Honestly, I'll read off what he says, like, verbatim. <laughs> it's like, because he, he caught feelings, but he, he he didn't know. Like, he's, I'm not one of those, like, Black Lives Matter people. I'll I'll, I'll push you in a corner and ask yeah. you some questions that make you look like an ass. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Yeah. And we actually have a video. I'm going to tell you that earlier. See, we have a video of me commentating on his post and breaking down, like, what was fucked up about it and, like, how he could think differently about it. So I'm like, <laughs> man, you just gave me some material to, uh, to promote my book, I thank you, Andrew. I gotta be, I gotta thank you for that. Let me see if I can find that. Uh, is the video like public on Instagram or something? Not yet. It's going to oh, be very it's, soon. It's on your phone. Okay. Okay. Yep. So, um, this guy, what he said was, uh, he he quoted the uh, the paper when it said like the um how it resonates with the hearts and souls of Black America, and he said, I feel the description is dividing. These are only my opinions. Nothing but respect for stepping out there and creating a business and doing your thing. Okay, if it's your opinion, then why does it fucking matter? Why are you messing me over your opinion? Like you learned in school. I know that you learned this in school because I still <laughs> teach it, but they taught you about opinion and fact. 
Opinion yeah. and facts. Your opinion is irrelevant. <laughs> you've, you've known about this, Andrew. Like the fuck? <laughs> We're going to call you by your phone, Andrew. Yeah. But uh, he said, um, I would have felt more included if the description said aims to resonate with all Americans or something to that effect. Again, it's your book. I just didn't feel like feel. I just I just feel like it didn't feel inclusive. Maybe that wasn't your intent to be inclusive. Maybe you want to target only Black Americans. And my first answer was like, when in my head I was like, yes, like Andrew, I wrote that for Black Americans, just like some women write book for women. So it was just like yeah. some Christians write yeah. book for Christians. Exactly. Some atheists write book for atheists. Like I don't see you being like, oh, you're writing a book for just atheists. Like you should say all people's like you have a problem with something we're going to get to the bottom of that and that's where i said i asked him straight up i was like okay so it's just your own personal confliction off of a word black am i correct he said correct so you have a problem with a fucking word because in your mind this word means divisiveness this word doesn't include you because you're not it and you feel that i should change it because you don't feel included like well bitch you know what welcome to to being the minority and i don't say that as being black there's no poor people and all it's that african-american <laughs> Come on, man. Right? All right. You're not the, being woke enough. Right? And even that part was funny with dude. With you even saying, remind me how, like, dude even said, like, it's, it's going to resonate with all Americans or just black hearts and souls. Like, bitch, we American too. You just said black hearts and souls. Like, we're not fucking emos or some shit. Like, I had a, I had a teacher. He It was uh, the Chinese New Year. Yeah. And he told us um, to, he, he, like spelled out like this phrase of Mandarin. He was like, say that to your Asian uh, acquaintances and friends. What? And I was like, okay, so you're telling me to just go up to someone who looks Asian, who probably, who may not know a look of Mandarin. <laughs> and you're just going to start spitting. <laughs> like your white ass is just going to start spitting some fucking Mandarin. <laughs> Be like, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? He told y'all to do that? He was setting you out for failure. <laughs> he's bre- he's breeding stereotypical motherfuckers. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Welcome to media, man. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, he really straight up said that with all conviction and belief that that's that's what yeah you <laughs> yeah. There was one class we just had. Um, he hit uh, was it homosexuality, religion, and Trump all in one class. By like the, in like hour hour fifteen, and I was like, just I'm so uncomfortable. I'm like, can we just? This is what I'm required to have my like my time spent, like two hours a day in the middle yeah. of my afternoon. I have to sit here and watch some asshole fucking <laughs> the empire. And like I'm like okay, fine, but like I'm not, I'm not here for that. Yeah, just kind of giving his. <laughs> he was kind of giving his like perspective and pretty much telling you guys to run with it exactly that who is crazy. gives a shit go yeah. on your fucking forum and go write about it man. exactly it's just like it's just like your opinions are good in a, in a certain place so there's like if it's like it's for me just with that dude i'm just like you're, you're coming at me as if like it's like there, there's a reason you said that you were you felt some type of way and you thought you were going to change somebody's mind because your feelings weren't being catered to so it's like well bitch like that's life not all yeah. everything's gonna cater to your fucking for feelings like for, for you for you andrew for being somebody in his <laughs> 50s with kids you should know this shit <laughs> fucking christ like do you got to pick up your kids from school and you're sitting here arguing me over some shit that you felt bad about because like you live in because you're you just don't know how to do with yourself it's just like man but i don't know it's one of those things like i kind of realized what's gonna happen with the book and all that like i've had like little like it's i've had dudes kind of just like have their reactions to it like say it's like ridiculous and mocking but i'm like you know what like i've just learned in my life that like as mean as it sounds and like you may have the sentiment and you may like it because it holds nihilism in it but like 
I've just realized that people are just stupid and like there's nothing you can do about that. And you're like, it's just like, why would I let a stupid person like make me feel some type of way? Like I just can't. That's that's how I maybe that's just how I cope with it. But I just realized like, okay, if people literally have a problem with this, like they're just stupid. Like it's there's no reason to give the energy because like you're gonna you're gonna have like it's I mean you, you face like you you had one of the stupid people who said this like thing on t- TikTok to kind of just like make themselves feel make themselves feel like bigger than you or whatever. Yeah. It's just like you know what like that's just the world we live in. Like all y'all think that your opinions really are the best things in the world. Like your opinions are like a Bible to you. And like if you're that dumb, like I just can't let that fuck with me because like if I try to if I try to give you that attention that you want and like do what people do and kind of fall in travels of that. Like it's, it's not worth my attention. You know? <laughs> I recently had a, a instance with a Karen yeah. uh, for my video class. I was kind of telling you a little bit about this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this fucking bitch in, in the script about a guy hitting a, a man with his car and burying him with this sketchy friend mm-hmm. um, had a problem with four words. Jesus Christ. God damn. Mm-hmm. Cause it was blasphemy. Yeah. And I was and I was like, okay. Like she's like one of the last few. I'm like, okay, I'll try to work with it. And then I was writing, rewriting the script, and I came to a bump. And I was like, I asked her, I'm like, hey, is goddamn okay? She's like, it's still blasphemy. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of just was like explaining like why it was difficult for me to write. And I was like, well, personally, I think if it's this big of a deal, we should vote on it. And she just went on this big whole fucking crazy tangent. Like saying like it seems like you're mon- like and I was just like nope no one of us like can mo- monopolize like what goes into this movie yeah and she was like you're accusing me of monopolizing you're the one writing the script and like Holy yeah <laughs> but um she she then asked me if I was Christian mm. which is a huge like professionally in like a class environment like yeah you just don't go fuck yourself yeah um. Like I, like, and I'm an atheist, but like, I still mm-hmm. like, like, I don't go around asking people's religion. There's no, yeah, exactly. there's no point to try to disprove their shit. Yeah, or something. and then yeah. she, and then she made. I don't. What, what was it exactly that she said? Like about Muhammad? She, basically, it was like if it was Muhammad, I wouldn't have a problem yeah, with it. There, no, not that she wouldn't. Or uh, this wouldn't be an like if like something about if using Muhammad's name in vain, like then you'd have a problem with it. Yeah. Because it's Christianity. It was weird. It was some weird, um, like, I don't even know. But it, like, the, just the fact that she, like, was like Muhammad. (laughs) Yeah. I would, like, it basically insinuating, like, I wouldn't have a problem if you were saying Muhammad's name. I'm like, wow, man. Are you fucking kidding me? She's like, if you would have just said, like, God, Muhammad, damn, or some shit. Or, like, (laughs) Like, if he just was like, fuck Muhammad. The funny, oh, you know, well, or something like that. But like, um, <laughs> it doesn't make it. Yeah, that's funny. Like that, she got mad that like it's it was all about the work. Yeah, again, it, I think it kind of turns back to the thing with the the dude I was talking about. Like, it's people have this perception like they got so much ego invested in words, mm-hmm. but they think that words actually like. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and what I was trying to explain to her was like, I'm he's using the term interchangeably. Yeah. With like, well, interchangeably in a sense, but also like I was trying to explain because like there was a moment where he like kills the person and he's like, Jesus Christ, like, that was yeah. the line yeah. initially. And like I, that had like some kind of appeal to a higher power and that meant, and I thought yeah. that like meant something. Yeah. <clears throat> and I wasn't even trying to get into a thing. The funny part though is uh, I was like, she threw out a suggestion where he's like, 
maybe in the story before he does it he realizes what he's done is wrong and he looks up to the sky and like asks for forgiveness or something like really weird and like outlandish and i'm like do you, the, well that completely changes the tone of the yeah like, what? <laughs> like you know we're not Just doing you're offended yeah this isn't like your church project okay this yeah. is like a, <laughs> this is a short film <laughs> So funny. she left. So as far as I know, she's left the group and she's going off and do her own thing. I'm like, fine, go for it. Making her Christian films. Yeah, go. go yeah. yeah. If she wants to, if she wants to do like a church service thing. Go for it. Like, yeah. But I'm not doing that. Like, sorry. <laughs> you're gonna be the, you're gonna be the talking point for many of her sermons. Like I remember yeah. when I was in college and had to fight for faith when somebody used yeah Jesus name in vain three different times like she's gonna use that as like yeah case study for this youth well and her misinterpretation is like that I'm going against Christianity it's like no I'm I wouldn't do that for any like religion and belief that's not yeah, the point of exactly what it's I'm making just, it's yeah it's just yeah <laughs> it's just a phrase but it's just how much people put like themselves into words so much where like it's yeah. it's offensive like that it's just like man yeah speaking of I know you wanted to ask me about uh my album yeah actually yeah, enjoying my time in hell. That was a double album. Man, honestly, I guess, I'm taking this art narcissistic. You, Molly's giving me a look. She's like, "You motherfucker." Hey, we, we said we we're gonna talk about it though. He did. It was his. It was his idea. It literally was my idea because I've heard it a couple times. She doesn't through. believe me. I've heard it a couple times through on my little like on my little meditation walks. I'll be listening to the album. And it's like this feels greatly contradicting, and I love it. Meditation music and listening to a very nihilistic project. I'm meditating on just dark shit. Looking at myself different, like, goddamn. Like what? So what? I, like I think I know. Like what? What kind of sparked the uh, like idea? For, I think I kind of know. What, what sparked the idea for that project? And well, I see. I've always kind of had like that vibe to my music, and like I, I think it was just kind of a response to because I wrote a lot of it during COVID. Yeah, the song make uh Maca make a yeah. call again. Uh, yeah. I actually wrote that like two years ago like yeah. a long time ago that was kind of more amidst like the biden mm-hmm. trump kind of stuff but i think it was just kind of i i wanted to make an album that had one purpose and one purpose only and that was to piss people off yeah no maybe I, not one purpose only but i wanted that to be people the main intention mm-hmm. you know that's why I, there's the cover of me at the horns and it's like i don't yeah. know the idea of enjoying my time in hell literally just kind of sparked in my mind and stuck yeah it's, it's one you know it's one of those things that does kind of create an offense to people who have like this concept of like yeah being like oh my gosh like he's devil worshiping and taking souls to the house like it's it is i like that i like that i could sense that i was like man i like how he did like wrote this out with the the picture and the title like it's super dope yeah and the gates of hell intro <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> dope. i think i told i mean i think i told you all like all together i think like this, I mean, I rock with paranoia just because it's dope. Loaded up, dope <laughs> as hell. Uh, but like, lust was like, whoa! Like that was kind of a dope little. Just cause like I, I don't know. I liked how it was real, but it was just like very, just like I don't know. It was different. Like how how'd you like how did you like come to like write that like and all that? Uh, I don't know. I think that had a lot to do with like <clears throat> like post divorce mm. and just <clears throat> you know in that in that relationship it, we were just not really intimate in that way yeah and i feel like with my religious upbringing uh pornography was just never like sex was really never discussed like mm-hmm. my sex talk was like my mom came in with a folder an actual folder that had printed out documents and like diagrams and like she just was like yep this is how it works 
and then she just left and that that was like it that was it we never had to talk about like you know teen because like you know i was growing up hardcore catholic it was just not even uh question until i do it before marriage like they they believe that like uh like the day after pill or using a condom was like equivalent to abortion that's wow. how that's how you know intense their beliefs were in that department yeah um so i don't know i think that that was like <laughs> probably the most personal track i think i've yeah. ever written mm-hmm. um and it was definitely meant to it <laughs> I kind of hate that it's like one of the ones that people are vibing with the most cause <laughs> because it's real though. I think that's yeah. why it is like it kind of just speaks to like how I mean it's just dope art all together like with how you kind of told the story but like yeah and then they people gravitate towards like real shit so yeah like, that's why I enjoyed it. I was like man like it is it, real. It like, definitely is like a depra like a portrait of like depravity and like <clears throat> sex addiction and like kind yeah. of also just like a an homage to like the state of the internet that we live in and like how mm-hmm. how we are like. In a, like everything is sex appeal it seems yeah, like it really is and like it's kind of been justified as a political thing you know it's just one of those things like people again it's this is a podcast where we just say shit that <laughs> yeah like, mccallister hours man right we fucking do it but i think for me like because like what like the song like resonated with me because like i feel like i've been in a place of just realize like just working with kids like and i think about this all the time but like not just doing my own thing like and like starting like mentoring like mentoring kids like through my own program and all that i've been thinking like man like how do I like view this and like have? I know these conversations are going to come up in some point I would because like TikTok being what it is, like you have sexual content everywhere, like YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, mm-hmm. OnlyFans, like a thing and all that, you know? And, 25% um, of the time when you open up TikTok, it's some chick shaking her ass. No, it really is. Like, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Like I'm, I remember there was a. Um, there's a video thumbnail that I, I saw like a couple weeks ago of like this um, athlete from Russia who was like doing a pole vault. She like was gonna break the pole vault world record and shit like that, and the thumbnail was like her and like her shorts swallowed up in her ass pretty much and pretty much just showing her ass. And like for me, I'm like, wow, like I bet I know that like that's low key one of those like sex appeal things. Like yeah. it really is. Like somebody's put somebody made that like thumbnail there intentionally because again, like it's that sex sellsism. So like for me, like yeah. realizing it's everywhere, I'm like, man, how do I navigate this conversation like with students when it comes up? Because for me, like I think like, and it's just my personal journey with it, like from from being like a young adult and shit like that, like I had to learn that like porn addiction is an addiction. Like it, it fucks up your perception of like how, how you see people. Yeah. It does that shit. Mm-hmm. But like people, but this is again, like the next man will say like, no, it's just educating people. That's just your own personal things. So it's like, no, like it literally is a yeah. psychological thing that happens to the brain. And you know, for me, I'm like, how do I navigate this in this world where that will says that like, oh no, you're just being a bigot. Like you're, you're not being body, body positivity. He's like, that's not body positivity though. Like that's literally like, yeah no you're allowing somebody it's the opposite. yeah it's just what people justify and say like well kids are learning something from porn like none of us sat down with porn and said like oh we're gonna learn how to like we were watching it like okay maybe maybe like we tell ourselves that in our brain but like we're watching it for the what it's doing yeah. to our brain the dopamine <sighs> and all this what it's doing in our brain you know yeah it's intentionally saying like okay we're gonna like if we want to do sex like, we're gonna watch this porn video and learn from us it. like it's it's there and it does something so like for me like i've been trying to learn like how to navigate that or even if people are in the are seeing that too but like hearing that song like okay cool like Mm -hmm. well and that like area specifically for me is like one of my biggest criticisms of religion is like um you know because percentage wise like people who are religious tend to watch porn more like christian specifically Mm -hmm. um like they're when you have it like be a when you have anything as a taboo you're naturally going to attract people to do it you're making it electrifying exactly so like 
uh, like for me personally, like growing up in an environment where that was really cut off and like mm-hmm. developing like my sexuality around something that was like, you know, quote unquote wrong, mm-hmm. like that, that fucks a person up. No, like, it really does. You know? So I think that song was a lot about that. It was about, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, like, a, like you, we were kind of, you know, you were kind of alluding to like, it is a generational thing. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people have a problem with it. I, I was watching this documentary. I think it's called something with brown paper, but it's about, uh, it's about porn addiction. And like, it's mm-hmm. gives stats, of like how many people, uh, you know, the percentage of people that watch porn, like how many people watch porn at work and it's staggering. Like people don't think like <clears throat> literally everybody's watching porn, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, uh, it's, it's just a reality. And like, there, there are all these things that people talk about and like, nobody is talking about stuff like that. Like, Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think I, we said, before, um, I've said talking about you maybe last time is like, I think people need to like talk to their kids about porn. They need Absolutely. to have that yeah. conversation. You have to like, and it's sad, but it probably needs to happen at a younger age than we want to. But that's, mm-hmm. if you explain to them like, Hey, you know, there's this depiction and it's not accurate and mm-hmm. it, you know, you're going to find it attractive and you're going to want to do it, but you just have to, it's not even as, I don't even think it's personally I don't even think it's 110% a bad thing to like watch porn at like I think somebody can watch porn in moderation just like with alcohol or marijuana or anything Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean also people need to be educated Yeah, and the people who tend to overuse it just like with drugs or alcohol or the people who are you know it's more of a taboo to them like they're in that environment where they can't do it Mm -hmm. where it's frowned upon to do it Mm-hmm. And, and then and that is kind of yeah that's yeah and then they're kind of doing it in secret you know mm-hmm. yeah no you're absolutely right in that like that's how it's usually kind of handled in that sense where it's just like it's <laughs> you either just like try to like because it, it, i don't know like it's you, you try like you do it in in, in hiding and kind of like damn like it's once you once you if you don't talk about sex like it's because it, i being somebody who grew up in like the like the church and all that and like was kind of like really involved in like youth group start type shit from like 19 to 25 like that was something that like they always mm-hmm. pound their head like pound this, like, kids heads but like at the same time like and so i never thought about when i was like, young adult but like i think about now like damn like that was fucked up and maybe i just kind of like looked over over it because i was in it but we had like i, I know like a lot of pastors that like that like uh were pastors i went to church up for and like a lot of them had to resign for jobs because of, like porn addictions or like just mm. doing inappropriate things, like mm. oh yeah, and all that, and like yeah. ne- them never talking about it. Like they'd say it, or like if they talked about it, like it was kind of in this very weird religious way, where like they they talk about it as like their sin, and like they're just crying and weeping in front of people, which I'm like is kind of weird. But they're not really like dealing with it or addressing it. Yeah, they're not. They're not like acknowledging that it's like, hey, maybe the problem is our institution, not like yeah. that this person. Like maybe we are creating an environment where people are allowed to do this. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because know. of the rules that we we create, but again, it's just like those rules are just honored, and like people just don't understand the. Yeah. You know. Well, and that's like the really frustrating thing about like, because um, you know my parents are still really hardcore Catholic. Yeah. And like I'm an atheist, and like, um, I feel like that's a that specifically like the pedophilia that's involved in the Catholic Church. Like they will like just blissfully ignore that mm-hmm. like i remember um after you know i was going through my divorce i was living with my parents again and my dad was watching <laughs> the catholic or the news or something yeah. and they brought up uh pedophilia in the church and he just shut off wow was, i was like all right yeah well, that's that's that. that's uh i get that mm-hmm. you know i see I, right you know i i see what <laughs> yeah not, i get that but i see what you're uh i see what you're doing there yeah exactly it's just like yeah we, we just don't want to see it talk about it. we're just gonna pretend like 
You yeah. Know, it's not a thing. It's crazy. You know, I say this oh, when it comes to all that. Like, um, you know, Christians can say, uh, I hate the sin, not the sinner. I think it's okay for atheists to say, I hate the belief, not the believer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, uh, or, I like that, or, you know, more of a target focus, I think, for me personally, like, uh, realistically, like an institution. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, like, tackling the idea of God is very realistic, but I think, like, maybe you know taking apart these you know monarchy institutions that are doing these really horrible things like mm-hmm. this is me personally this is my crazy libertarian atheist talk so no you, <laughs> i mean you said pretty much like a like taking it like away like the like institutional part like is yeah well because yeah, i think I like that. i think like you know i don't have a you know because i know you're christian right no or oh I mean, you're not okay just, sorry i didn't mean that. <laughs> i'm just a, everything i mean the thing about okay. it is like i tell people like a lot of like being somebody who kind of grew up in church or like had that like narrative for what 25 years and all that that i was mm-hmm. like in the church and all that like when i left the church it was more so because i was like man like this place is racist like y'all really oh, showing your racism yeah, right now yeah, like yeah and i started really understanding that like how how i had cultish tendencies about if i'm to be honest you know like there's one thing that made me kind of realize this when um i was at atlanta georgia with the person that i was like engaged to at the time we were kind of just away doing our thing kind of just our kind of getaway and all that mm-hmm. in the church that i was at they demanded that I come back and take this 13 hour drive just to do like some quote unquote street ministry for an hour because that was one of the rules for them giving me the house that I stayed in. And I started thinking on a 13 hour drive, I was thinking about so much shit. I'm like, yo, like I'm literally their slave right now. They're having me leave where I'm at 13 hours to come to this place and look there, just do an hour of just, free voluntary work that they think is the work of God and all that. Like, because they're holding that, they're holding a house that they gave me over my head that I only pay like for air and water for. It's like, this is fucked up. Yeah. I was like, damn, like this is how this, uh, this is how it is. Like church is a system. Like it's just like any other system. Like it's church. Christianity in America is like, it's, it was all founded on just like white dudes just trying to take control over shit. That's all it was. Like for me, like no matter how you try to like switch and all that officers nuance to it, we're like, it's the whole conversation like the historical black church and historical white church. They're two different entities, but even some, like we talked about earlier, some our churches would buy by the idea of white. So the churches actually end up looking a lot less transformative, you know? Um, but um, it's just one of those things that like, I kind of realized like how, like it was just like more of an institution thing, you know? And I was like, man, like I, when I left the church, it was more so like, man, I'm leaving the institution. I think this being, yeah. God and all that, like, though, even those things may be wrong because they were wrong about all this shit, so they just may be wrong about that. Like, I still think that's a thing. And for me, like, God is, like, whatever. Like, it's even the concept of God, like, that's just my best wording to describe the whatever I am trying to talk about. It's just like, just like energy is, just like universe is, just like whatever it is, you know, like, mm-hmm. our concept of God is just, like, ideas that, like, we kind of try to use to justify certain things, you know. So for me, like, there's some Christian, there's some parts of faith that kind of back up that idea, you know, that I'm like, okay, this is dope. Yeah. I can take these ideas because I understand them. And then they look like the ideas that I get from like Buddhism and all that. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like, but they say the same thing too. And there's this common area. So like, I think like for me, like, I don't like, I don't, I don't really call myself anything. Cause again, it's just like, it's, 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 it's as hippie of an answer. It sounds like <laughs> as people would be like, oh my gosh, I roll. It's just like, I don't really, I don't really like live in any kind of label in that sense. Like there's yeah, truth that yeah. I get from. There's truth that I get from well, like the Bible in a sense. It's like holy shit, like that actually. I mean, you've heard a lot of my work. A lot of my work still holds a very like religious yeah, standpoint yeah. with the metaphors and mm-hmm. the stories and some of the schemes that I use. Like because there's something kind of parabolic about those stories that's kind of like dope, you know. So like 
I think that part's dope about it. So like, it's not to say that I still don't like read that and like get a sacredness out of it, just like I do when I read yeah. mantras that like Buddhist teachers create. You know, it's all it's all. It's just every, everything we got is the same thing. We're just throwing little mm-hmm. concepts on it, you know? Well, and that's, like, one of my biggest criticisms, criticisms of, like, a majority of atheists is, like, they completely disregard religion, like, entirely. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I think it's – I don't think it's incorrect as an atheist to, like, acknowledge that there are things in the Bible that, like, are morally correct like or that, like, teach something morally that are good. <laughs> Um, I mean, my personal argument would be that you wouldn't need the Bible for that. I think you can do that just, mm-hmm. you know, in human yeah. interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, I don't think you can disregard that. Like, I, th- mm-hmm. you know, there is some value to that, you know. And like, uh, you know, another big criticism, criticism I have of, uh, you know, atheists is like they have instead, instead of their, you know, the human energy that would, the human energy that would be, uh, you know, to uh, like religion and things mm-hmm. um, is going into politics. Now. Yeah, yep. And like that's almost in a way like worse in some yeah. senses. No, it's crazy because you know what's crazy about that? I actually, <laughs> I'm going to bring up the video I was telling you about because I'm going to find it quickly. But like yeah. that's one thing that I've kind of like been all the more making a connection with, you know, just realizing that like Christianity is like very rooted in politics with how we see it. And like I say that because there's a, there was, there was a little video I was watching. There's a, I forget what it is. Like I forget what channel it is on YouTube, but there, like there's a series where they have like, different type of people smoking pot together having conversations like conservatives and liberals oh i have seen smoke that pot um, like, like the G- granny the granny videos the put in like the police smoking yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i have seen those there I've was an those. episode of like um this uh conservative and liberal kind of like smoking together and all that and like they were having this conversation this one lady the lady who was like the uh the christian and all that was saying how like she like she's a very like she's somebody who's a like christ follower is what they call it and all that and she said, like, this promotes her political ideas behind being a conservative. I'm like, so you're saying, like, again, you're just, you're just, you're justifying it right there. Like, there's mm-hmm. a, with your religion, it's not about the spirituality. It's not about the transformation that you get. That's not just about moral and all that, but just awareness of self. To me, it's just awareness of self and awareness of, like, the pe- things going around you. Like, that's what it is. But, like, it's not about any of that. It's about more so because you're connecting Christianity to conservatism, which, historically is correct you know so for me it's just like that part's just like man like it's just bullshit but the dudes G- jd vance that's what it is this dude jd vance who's like he's running for mayor or something somewhere but um and his uh man actually we'll have that molly put up because okay. i get here but like um he did this like he was doing like his little like you know how the people do his, do their little video pr- press runs and all that Mm-hmm. In his video, he was saying, like, he straight up just willingly said, like, do you hate Mexicans, too? Like, he straight yeah. up just said that easily. And I'm like, yo, who the fuck is this dude to have these type of balls saying that and not having no type of problem? So I was watching an interview from him where he was saying that, like, in the last two years, he's um he's uh, been more, like, he's he's um he's exercised his faith more. And that's made him, like, become, like, what he was. I'm like, again, like, you're proving, like, you yeah. said your Christianity is making you a... Uh, um, can you pull up what is it again? Uh, JD Vance asks, "Do you hate Mexicans?" <laughs> Just the title is like that's that's a real title. <laughs> JD Vance sounds like a bank too, by the way. <laughs> it's like JD Vance, like we accept all people but Mexicans. <laughs> I feel like we okay, it. white supremacist violence is. It all- oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Is the second one? Oh, 
Oh, it's in a campaign video? Oh, yes. that's even better. Yes. Oh, I see. Straight up campaign video. Yeah, I don't know what I called it. I definitely didn't call it campaign. <laughs> but that, bro, I was like, this dude's got... Hey, wow. if Trump can do it, anyone can fucking do it, and That's man. that's <laughs> He's got that Trump energy. It's, a, it's muted. You got Thank you. Joe Biden's open border is killing Ohioans with more illegal drugs and more Democrat voters pouring into this country. Are you a racist? Do you hate Mexicans? The media calls us racist for wanting to build Trump's wall. They censor us, but it doesn't change the truth. Joe Biden's open border is killing Ohioans with more illegal drugs and more Democrat voters pouring into this country. This issue is personal. I nearly lost my mother yeah, to the voice coming across our border. No child should grow up an orphan. Wait, I'm go made- back. What? What did he say? Go back a little bit. Yeah, there. No child should grow up an orphan. No, good. Sorry, I'm go GD back a little bit, little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. coming across our border. Yeah, a little bit more. No little child more. should grow up an orphan. I nearly lost my mother to the poison coming across our border. <laughs> no child should grow up an orphan. But like, how? <laughs> how? How can he just say that? No, he said point. He's yeah. He said poison across the borders. He was talking about. <laughs> I almost lost my mother to the what? Oh, he's talking about like the drug. Oh, I get it. Okay. Oh, uh, I thought I, I was thought, confused. I thought I thought poison. I thought poison was just a low key like. I thought he. Yeah, that's what I thought at first yeah, too. But it could mean that maybe it's who just know, like. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? Because he didn't even fucking specify. He no. just said some vague ass like my yeah. mo- my mother died from the poison that came across the border. Like what? So like, you talking about? You talking about Mexicans? Like you was. You so was are you saying the- that like a Mexican stabbed your mother? <laughs> Or are you saying that the drugs that they brought killed your mother? Uh, or like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, what was your mother we don't doing know. drugs anyway? <laughs> Jesus Christ. This That's is Ohio? Bro. Oh, uh-huh. my God. He just blatantly said it, bro. He ain't care. He's like, do you hate, <laughs> like, that, do you hate Mexicans? The, that's the point. That Dude, that's what happens when you take Trump off Twitter, man. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's brilliant. His, his Trumpites, his army's you, coming. Yeah, did you hear Elon Musk bought like 9 fucking percent of it? He has the largest share of Twitter now, Elon Musk. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Damn. Yeah. That makes sense, his mom was hospitalized due to heroin overdose. That's oh, his mean. mom? Maybe your mom uh, should be more careful when she does shit. <laughs> the fuck? Don't blame it on nobody. Like, blame your mom for having that heroin. It's like, it's, and that's not me being a jerk to, like, knowing addiction, but, like, she made it. She 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 made the decision to put the needle in her. So don't blame yeah. that on Mexicans. <laughs> like, the fuck? My mom died of heroin, and I blame Mexicans. Like, what the fuck does that sound like? A Mexican broke into her house and injected her with heroin. <laughs> She's dead because of you bastards. Stay the fuck out of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured <laughs> Mexicans just jumping through the window. It's like, uh, yeah, I gotcha. Uh, uh, Mexicans don't want to go to Ohio. They can't oh, drink. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, Holy fuck, dry shit. state? I can't fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Aubrey, is there anything shit. else you want to talk about before we wrap this up? Oh, man. I don't know. You know. <laughs> After that, no. I don't think you can come back after that and talk about something serious. <laughs> well, we have one more thing to uh, do here before we wrap this up. We have a little thing on the show where I was telling you about this earlier called the Fucked Up Bucket, mm. which is a 
series of fucked up things on papers and uh the objective is to read them if you don't want to read them oh, for sure that is okay but um i will just read it for you so for sure might as, might as well do it <laughs> you said i'm basically a broken girl to inject her with hair that's the most funniest shit <laughs> i think i've ever the imagery that went to my mind oh you want me to do it first oh no do i, oh, I got yeah. my card yeah yeah go for it go for it so i just look at it yeah just read yeah, it yeah just look at it and read it yeah oh shit that 65% of adults in the U.S. still believe um, that oh, those Mexicans are uh, starting, that, that they're doing it. Like, the reason why we got heroin over here. No. <laughs> <laughs> that 65% of adults in the U.S. still believe in a egotistical asshole that mercilessly killed the world's population over basically nothing. And that's why you should vote for J.D. Vance, folks. <laughs> Leads to a better future. These egotistical assholes not exist if you vote for JD Vance. If he comes out with a hat, I'm wearing it. It better be red too. What was the what was the fucking intent of that? I think that was God. I think that was like the Great Flood. I don't know yeah. why I would put. I think it would be higher than sixty five percent. I like that though. No, that's it's the fucked up bucket though. That's the whole point. I like that. <laughs> I think we do need an editor. I think Molly has brought that to my attention. And <laughs> this is kind of like the third time where we've had a card that didn't fit work. So I was going to try. We might need yeah. an editorial process. Uh, <laughs> an online Zoom college course for sex work, full of demonstrations. <laughs> Only fans is just a step away from that. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> okay, we need an editor. Like it's it's Coleman. You suck. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, like I said, it's it was a key promotion for JD Vance, folks. JD Vance here to save America. Uh, fuck, man, what do you got coming? What's your social and all that? Yeah, uh, poetic obs is always like that's. I've, I have a website. I should, I'm trying to make it a practice more so to say that than like mention like the IG and all that. But yeah, I, I have a website. W like www.poeticobs.com. Like that's where. Like, you'll just find all my shit now, like, with videos. I'm actually working on putting it. I'm going to start blogging soon again because, like, I just like the art form and all that. So, And it gives me more so a place where I'm not just creating these, like, long-ass Facebook posts or whatever, but I can create something in context. So I'm going to have a blog yeah. out there pretty soon, but that's where my book will be up uh, for availability at, too. Okay. Yeah. Um. What about, uh? do you have music coming out? Um, the next project I'm working on right now, like I obviously I have the, my book coming out and uh, I just started this other project and it's going to come out probably in the fall. Um, that is poems from the project, but kind of like I'm working, I, I, I'm working with a couple artists from Chicago, um, with like the production of it with like drums and like guitar and stuff like that. Um, but that one is uh coming out in fall. I don't have a name for it yet. I'm just kind of just waiting until the name comes, but it's yeah. pretty dope. The cover is okay. pretty dope too. I'll show you it later, but. Fuck That's yeah, like, man. yeah. I just never know. Whatever I'm creating, I'm creating. I'm always making something. So yeah. you see something random that just kind of pops out of nowhere. That's just what well, like we were saying earlier, man, three projects in like seven months or whatever. That's that insane. is crazy. Yeah, you know, always, you're working hard, and I like it. I got. I mean, I got a project. I got a little rat project tucked away too that I worked on um, in January, and like I literally, it was literally one of the most fastest projects I worked on. Like it took six days to record and another week to like mix and master and like I got, I've just got that sitting around but we'll talk about that when it gets closer but I'm gonna let you listen to it early though so, cause that hell yeah fuck with it but yeah awesome 
Thanks, man. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I, yeah. I fucking love having you every time. I'm telling you, man, it's fun. We always have like, it's, yeah. it's needed. We got to do it more for sure. Awesome. We're going to. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. As, I mean, both of us are, our stuff is kind of taking off and getting bigger and growing. So we'll continue mm-hmm. to do it together, man. Right. Seriously. When we All got right. the Joe Rogan level, we're just going to create something big. <laughs> for real. For real. Yeah. All right. If you guys, again, if you guys want to see him beat me in chess, go check on the Patreon. Um, and yeah, yes, we'll be back later. Peace, everybody. Have a good one.